right. Welcome back to the Gooch. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, Tristan, what are we uh, what are we going on about today? Today we're going to talk about uh, education. Yay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, uh, rumblings in the news, uh, both locally and nationally, and uh, even a little bit internationally now uh, about the Alberta curriculum. So we'll go into that. We'll talk more generally about education as well, um, mm-hmm. provincially, nationally, kind of compared to the U.S. and some other countries too. And yeah, kind of just uh, see where we sit on it. I feel like this one's probably going to be a little bit less controversial between the two of us maybe, but I don't know, I guess. Well, I uh, think on like an ideological level, probably we're going to have some differences. Yeah. Because I think that a uh, a privatized school system would be excellent. Uh, in a lot of ways, but also horrible in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, you could put a lot of holes in a private system, but you, like, what's the I, I, what's I the think, benefit of the private system that you think that you get? Like, what's well, the, in the, a truly capitalist system, um, it would be just the benefit for the wealthy. That would be really it, and uh, the, the the quality of education you could get for a few obviously would outweigh the poor education left for everyone else. But, you know, it's those people that are going to advance society, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can kind of say, okay, well, that's unfair. But, you know, I, I think if you take a look at it, you can't really set up a set up a society successfully where it can educate everybody equally. I, I, I firmly believe that's just such a difficult thing to accomplish. Education has to be both wanted and taught. It can't just be taught. You know, I you can't force education on a group of people. I think um, that... I think that we kind of, so I always like to define terms before we go into sure. everything. Yeah. It's the, it's the Voltaire approach to, to any kind of discussion. So absolutely. <laughs> I love, I love my philosophy. So like, Oh, Voltaire I think, is one of my favorite philosophers. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting. So like education, the content I think is where, is where I'm, I'm more curious For sure. than anything because what, when you said that the, the, quality of education would be available to to a few what 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 do you, in your mind what distinguishes high quality to average to low quality education well i think it's it's about the checks and balances you put on the education as well i mean you, you can't this this is where things get really confusing because if i look in the automobile industry and you know you're comparing vehicles to vehicles and a lot of people like using the nuremberg trial you know, and saying, oh, it's got a fucking eight on the Nuremberg ring. And it's like, you look at a car like that, it's not going to be a comfortable car that's a daily driver, you know, but you can apply that to the education system. If you go strictly off test scores, is that a good education? If you go strictly off of student review, is that a good education? You know, it's one of those things where you can't really finally put down what is good education, because, like I said, if you teach to test scores, you're really hurting the fact that, you know, there's more than just tests. 100%. You know, you're creating stress there. You're creating anxiety there. You're creating a culture that's pump and dump. So the best... What can I memorize? Yeah. And then leave and then rememorize other shit that's not as important. And that's all really, I think, post-secondary that's, arts yeah. is, you know, in my opinion. I mean, unless you go into fine arts and things like that. But I, I remember I sat with my wife in one of her classes she was taking in history or something. And they were talking about monsoon winds in India. And I, I just kind of wrote it down. And I give her a hard time every now and again. I said, hey, 
have you ever taught about monsoon winds? Has that helped you since you've graduated? She's like, no, fuck, I forgot that as soon as I left that course. And like, why would you teach something that you're going to inherently want to forget afterwards? Like, why fill people with useless information? Yeah. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Now, I got to be careful here because... I truly believe that education is something that should be sought and not forced. That's that's where I kind of sit on that. If you don't want further education, if you don't want to go to school, I'm not going to force you to do it. I mean, I think society education should be provided to an extent. But once you make that decision, I want to stop, at least for this point in time. At what age are you talking about, like, force? Like, Well, that's the other thing. I mean, it's like it, you don't really have any kind of like legal voice until I mean, really, really depends because yeah. in Canada there are cases as early as 12, but typically be pre 16 is rare. The I one, just think the one if where you it's look 12 where the, they were trying uh, to emancipate was a very unique situation. If you look on a spectrum of children and how we're teaching them now, which is very <laughs> test based. In North America, yeah. I think you can really look at that combined with the high sugar, shitty diet of fast food and garbage. And, you know, you're forcing these kids that are on a blood sugar fucking roller coaster every day. And you're then pumping them with test after test after test and all that stress. Yeah. You can easily see that how and why there's so much anxiety in this modern society, yeah. especially among youth. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, added to that now you have the search for sexuality. I think for our generation, that was something we really kind of looked at figuring out when we were older. Well, a lot of the time we were also like if we if we were distracted in class, mm -hmm. we were diagnosed. That's true. Right. Which we were there was a small window. It actually avoided my time, which is I'm very thankful because I would have 100 percent been diagnosed. I I spent all of grade seven. And there you go. Yeah. Like the late the later end of the millennials. Uh, yep. And the next we what is it, Gen fucked. Z? After yeah. that yeah. early part of Gen we Z, fucked, you man. guys got hit with the opioid like uh, epidemic where where the Concerta, doctors like that was the Ritalin, that them... was the precursor to all of yep. the the entire opioid epidemic, oh, sure and that was. was and that was really the difference, right? Like we didn't have a chance to search for anything because your your creativity was turned off effectively. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you I were, mean, you were. I was it, on yeah. uh, I was on Ritalin and Concerta all through to high school. Yeah, um, Concerta. It's basically a time released capsule of Ritalin. Uh, it oh, was one okay, of the okay. first ones uh, that uh, you didn't like because if you were on Ritalin, um, I, it was it was it was it was embarrassing. You know, it was like for me anyway, like being yeah. diagnosed with that, having to take that. The last thing I wanted to do was having to bring pills to school. Right. Like and if you're on Ritalin, it only lasts for four hours or so. So you'd have to bring pills to school and then you get mocked by all the other kids. So I just yeah. said, no, I don't want to take that. So they put me on Dexatrin, which is what they were giving Air Force pilots when they were bombing fucking you know, to focus, <laughs> they were given oh, that shit. And then I had a weird reaction in my legs. I kept getting like really, that's going to be some diluted form of heroin. I'm guessing for focus. <clears throat> I'm not sure what it is. It's definitely an amphetamine, not a yeah. downer though. So yeah. Uh, like then, uh, yeah, then it was Concerta and, uh, yeah, that was for most of my childhood and up until I was done high school. Fuck. And, uh, I got to say like, 
did I need it? I don't, I don't think so. I'm off it now. I've been off it for years. I found a career that works for how my brain works. I found a partner that understands, you know, sometimes I'm just not going to pay attention to you. Sometimes I'm going to obsess about shit. Sometimes I'm just going to seem like I'm not focused or I'm doing a thousand things. That's just how I am. That's ADD baby. You know, and like, is it, does it, does it, does it put me in a different pile and does it make me a different type of person? I don't think so. I think it makes me more effective in certain situations than maybe someone that doesn't have ADD, but it doesn't make me a lesser person. No, fair enough. You know, yeah. like I have more disabilities educationally, I guess, than the day is long, according to doctors, but yeah. you know, I still have a high IQ. I, I, went to university i am running my own business it's rather, rather successful like yep. uh but it, it, like i still look back at my childhood like i did something wrong because Damn. of that diagnosis and that's just gonna haunt me till i die probably but you know oh, wow. uh, you, you kind of look at that and that's that's why i'm so against um teaching to tests yeah 100%. you know i think education should be more a demo test demo kind of thing okay we demonstrate the knowledge we test you on the knowledge and then you demonstrate how you know it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, we're going to teach you how to write. We're going to test you that you know how to write, but then your final evaluation is demonstrate to us that you can write. Yeah. Not so much an evaluation and a right or wrong answer, but just show us the fundamental theory of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and I know in some ways you can't really educate like that, but I, I find it very unbelievable that we went from a society where you had generational lawyers and generational dentists and generational gun makers and cigar rollers and farmers. And now all of a sudden, Oh, well just because your parents did something, you have to go get educated and you got to go through this bullshit system and pay these people off and fucking fund this secondary college. That's already making money from the government. They don't fucking report. And this guy's making a million dollars living in Bangkok. But anyway, you kind of boil that all down and, I look at education like a business now. Yeah. And I approach it like a business. Well, it is a business. And I right? think if I ever talk to anybody in North America, they understand that. But when you get people from other spectrums and other, you know, countries like Finland or Australia where, you know, post secondary is I think free. Yep. Uh, they're like, What? Like you gave up on your education because why? And I'm like, Because I, I don't I don't want to be taught to a test you know yeah well and be... that's that's a lot of it so i think that the first <sighs> thing so like because the question i asked before before that was uh <laughs> was it was uh circling back like what what would Sorry. you think would be the a good education right no no, no i think it was topical right yeah. like you went to the content 100 percent, which is obviously not just test laden right like i, I think also that, prove the add thing tangent 100 percent, right <laughs> see i'm ocd which yeah. is kind of interesting and i get that from my, my mom but uh but yeah like i i'll obsess over certain things and yeah. it's it's mild most of the time but um yeah i mean i i it's one of the things that makes me good at researching yeah. Uh, if I have to find out the answer to something, I might go to law school and not become a lawyer just to find out how things work. So, yeah. <laughs> because I'll That's obsess cool, over it. Though. Yeah. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, cool, expensive, stupid is what it is. But uh, I think that what the interesting thing was you you go getting going into the the core like the the content aspect of it and kind of pointing out like yeah we we don't want to be test takers because that's really like, that's not a valuable thing in society I, either right and like, i think that's where a lot of these career students come together right just they, just, mention, they yeah. become so adept and so uh, polished at writing tests 
that's the only thing they can fucking do. So yeah, we're like basically we're breeding <laughs> university exactly. professors, exactly. Right, like that's the only exactly. thing you're going to be good at is yeah. being a university. So like, how can I how can I test this better? Yeah, but you know, and that's kind of the shame because I, being a doctor. Uh, well, not like a medical doctor, but being a like a professor, yeah, used to be a lot more. What what can you accomplish with your knowledge, and what can you give back to society, yeah, and how can you teach people how to do what you've done? Well, and yeah, you know, like and now using personal story, right? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. that's the biggest thing because, like, exactly. in the in those small countries, like like yeah. you, you touched on Finland, right? Like yeah. fin- Finland is year over year over year uh, ranked number one in the yeah. world, um, up there with like Singapore and Sweden and those guys and France and uh, and whatnot with when it comes to education and also happiness. But the crazy thing is, is they have a direct correlation between the teaching of the arts and uh, and the understanding of of mathematics yeah. and sciences and it's because that can get points across in a tangential way right yeah. like like if it there there's really great ways of learning things like i i'm very good at math i can do math in my head percentages very very quickly yeah, yeah, yeah but one of the things that always eluded me when i was younger was geometry and the crazy thing was was for six years, I was a goalie coach, and a goalie coach is basically a geometry coach. Yeah. You're teaching the players the different no angles, and that's all my job was, and I was excellent at it, right? I had a very, very good following of young kids. They were phenomenal uh, uh, kids, and they turned out to be really good young men. Um, and and it's kind of interesting because I couldn't understand it on paper, but when I practiced it, I understood it perfectly, right? And so I was actually able to transfer that understanding of geometry to other mm-hmm. kids who had who might not have understood it, right? And they could understand maybe the math, and they'll do the percentages, and we would have those conversations. And I, I find that when you have that personal touchability, you can kind of sink down because some people they just don't get it in the way you're teaching it's not that they don't understand the subject matter they just don't understand the subject matter in the way it's been presented to them also the other problem is when you look at post-secondary education yeah specifically um you know i think a lot of the times you get a lot of introverts as professors yeah and it doesn't really help the student because well, professors uh, have a large research well, quota, exactly. which is Here's like... A, that's exactly what I was go on, going yeah. on. Uh, there was a really wonderful uh, documentary, or sorry, um, a podcast uh, with Joe Rogan and uh, Eric uh, Weinstein, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he basically discussed how colleges... Evergreen College, I think. Yeah, right. how colleges will literally overload their professors that are tenured that they want to get rid of with yeah. too much teaching. And it's like, well, you get these guys that are introverts trying to do research in like really linear algebra crazy theory and then you get that guy to go out of a room and deal with like 30 kids that just have a basic understanding of math it's like and that and that was evergreen <laughs> that, that was like a top like a, a, yeah. a top what 50 well top they, 30 they, they made him the move from uh massachusetts after he got left from harvard or yeah. whatever uh that was really interesting they didn't want to fire him but they were like you can't live here anymore yeah <laughs> interesting like that's fucked up but i mean but, doesn't that uh, almost go to prove that like the private aspect of it can't really work if, if money if it wasn't it. government funded it would work great well that w- <laughs> but that's a private school those yeah. are all those post-secondaries are private well here's no no uh i'm talking about canada here oh uh, well no that was weinstein was in the states oh i know i, I was just using that as an example oh, okay okay you yeah, know yeah. just saying that like because in practice you can fire a professor the same way in canada as you can in the states well, you yeah. know, you can or overload they have them with the same. And you can't yeah, do exactly. That's that's the same thing. But like, I'm talking strictly about Canadian post-secondary and how, you know, the government funding of it really hasn't brought any 
any better situations oh. to anybody here than in the states? It certainly has. So in the states, they have a thirty percent, thirty percent of the population has post secondary. In Canada, it's fifty eight point six percent of. The yeah, but how much of those are useless double. paper degrees, though? Oh, that, but that's the problem, right? Is and so I and that and that part. So that's I just think pushing that, paper and making money. That's oh, you're running that's, it like a business backed by the government. Hundred percent. So I do type of capitalism. Well, yeah, okay. So like oil. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> I think that what we're doing with our oil is fucking retarded. We yeah. could easily make piles of fucking money with it, but no, just no, fair forget enough. it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the way the way we we've done anything with all of our natural advantages, you could do it two ways. You cannabis, can make it a history. you can make it a socialized uh, resource. We're talking about oil now, yeah, and you could pay people on its withdrawal. Basically, it's you know. People owned, much like they did in Norway, I believe, and uh, Alaska, and- Alaska as well. Uh, or you could capitalize it completely and keep the government the fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, either way, I mean. But once you have labor laws, the government's involved, and then the cat, and then because of that, there's an expense, uh, an added expense to extraction. Like yep. people, people in Alberta, like the the conservatives in Alberta, will often talk about like, oh my god, we have the highest paid nurses in the country, and well, you also have the highest paid uh, laborers in the country as well. When well, we also have a shortage the- of nurses, so we have to pay them more for them to want to come here. Yeah. This is not a fun place to live. No, if, it's really like not. if you look at it on a map, you're like, "Oh, cool mountains," and then what? what else? <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs. Like, last so, our here? last podcast last week was sunny, <laughs> and then we had a blizzard, and in, over the course of an hour, it yeah. became snow covered again. And then yeah. Uh, yeah, after a day, it's all melted. I was gonna mow my lawn this week. I was gonna too. I went out there like <laughs> expressly to pick up dog turds, <laughs> and then like I start picking up a few, and then like the snow starts, and I'm like. You know, what? fuck this place. <laughs> yeah, just a ridiculous place. Yeah. I, I want to like, like talking about this place. Let's 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 focus this in more on Alberta. Okay, look at that segue. Holy fuck! Oh my, good job. <laughs> I'm got I got chubby right now. That was so good. Anyway, so uh, yeah, let's talk about Alberta for Speaking a minute. Up. Like, yeah. So I mean, if, if you haven't reformed our K to six system based on what <sighs> I've yeah. investigated, I haven't really looked into the exact specifics here, but. Here's where I'm at. I uh, I've heard on both sides of the fence uh, from the indigenous communities. This is going to be a good curriculum, and this is going to be a horrendous whitewash piece of shit. There's always and you know like like there's been chiefs that have been on the news. There's been a couple of them that have been like, "This is awesome." We're teaching our kids. I think starting grade five or four about residential schools and yada yada. And then there's the other side of things where they're like, "We're not we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough." And you know. Part of me is like, those people will never be appeased, and I'm happy that there's chiefs that are happy with this, but you also got to look at it too and say, why would we want to teach kids at such a young age about something so horrible? I mean, I, I'm putting that out there. I have I have my beliefs why it's a good idea and a bad idea. I just want to hear yours. So I think that... I, well, so in, it, it's interesting. I, the the indigenous aspect is just like one small aspect of it. Like really, yeah, in I my just, opinion, like the number sure. one issue was like grade six social studies was like horrific. Grade four and grade six social studies were just like brutally written. But I think the 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 biggest. Thing, I just wanted like, to start with the four hundred pound gorilla in the room. No, fair enough. Well, like, well, maybe. yeah, I mean, like, so. <laughs> um, Sorry, like, thousand when, pound elephant. Don't yeah. confuse us. <laughs> like when we're talking about. Uh, like the the overall curriculum i think that it's kind of difficult because 
they went so content laden. So when we were like uh, the segue prior to this was talking about how we don't want to go test, 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 test. And all yeah. of this is test based. Right. That's, and that's so it. I think that's I exactly think the it. biggest elephant in the room is the fact that what made international headlines was one of uh, 40 international uh, fact checkers for uh, for educational publications uh, decided to look into uh, accusations of plagiarism and only three specific ones and found uh, direct or extremely likely uh, plagiarism in all the all three cases in that, which means so that we've the amount of money part of this K to six program, a good portion. So, okay. so the, okay. there was a physical education one that was ripped off of North Vancouver districts, uh, which is where I used to live kind of weirdly. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it was off their website. Um <laughs> There was uh, a good portion of the the overall curriculum for social studies was ripped off of what's called uh, Core Common Core in Virginia. It's a Virginia based okay. uh, American education system, which is why so yeah. much of the history aspect is U.S. based. In fact, when they talk about federal uh, like federalization. They have like four paragraphs about the U.S. federal becoming a federal co- country, and like one or two sentences uh, throw away about Canada. It's and almost exclusively yeah, an American it, education. It, it, just that going on well, that too, I noticed that when it comes to the topics of the indigenous, um, uh, you know, assimilation schools, uh, they uh, they really referenced a lot about the states. Yep. And not, and not a lot, a lot about, about Canada. Canada at all. And they didn't. And that, they that, dis- discounted the yeah. RCMP's in- involvement in it. They talked about Catholic Church a little bit involvement in it. But that's yeah. mostly because, again, the, this is a Protestant uh, province. Also, largely. they didn't really talk about the Chinese on the railroads. No, definitely um, didn't talk about that. Yeah. Or Japanese, you know, which is also less. So out. Uh, you could definitely look at how this is whitewashed education for sure. Yeah. But you know, I, I kind of look at it too. I mean, at, at what age do you think it's appropriate to start teaching kids about how shitty? their country is you well, know like do, do, i like, don't here's the thing like in, in kindergarten would they be teaching or like grade one would they be teaching german kids about the holocaust and shit well i think like, i kind of want to that's kind of my ask question. That question a little bit differently is like I, what I, what I is the learning I, objective I, I, i'm i'm honestly baffled I, yeah i'm honestly baffled i don't know what the proper thing to do is i mean because yeah. obviously it's important to know history yeah it's important that we do educate our our youth about the things that the country has done that aren't good. Yeah. You know, so they don't happen again. But like, there's some people that are saying, like, we got to start at grade one and like grade two educating people about residential schools. And like, yeah. that to me, I'm just like, I didn't learn about the residential schools at all in my education. I remember going to the parliamentary building in grade six uh, for a day at the ledge and seeing the statues of. You know, uh, a few of the Indian chiefs there. I, yeah. I use Indian because that's what they called them yep. uh, at that time, and that they are called the Indian statues still. Yeah, uh, I don't think they've changed that. And it's still, they're still um, legislated. Not under trying the Indian to be, Act. not trying to be racist. Nope. Um, definitely not. Uh, but uh, I remember asking, you know, a few questions, and I had no idea we were living in Treaty whatever eight or six. I had no idea that. You know, they were so illiterate, they signed their name with an X on a lot of the treaties. I had no idea about a lot of this shit. And, like, you know, you stand there and you're asking questions, and they're like, oh, those were, you know, the chiefs, they they signed a treaty. That's really all the education I can remember. I mean, I wasn't, as you know, I had ADDs, so I probably probably missed a few things. But, you know, just from what I remember, it wasn't really a a talked-about topic. And, like, to me, I'd like that to be more discussed yeah but like why start at such a young age 
Well, so I kind of, again, want to go to what is our desired learning objective. If you want people to be good at tests, you teach them facts because that's what you're testing for, True. right? If you want people to be well-rounded people, you teach them skills. And so True. the facts can be a byproduct of the skills, I think. And right now, the way that Alberta is teaching is an old school or is proposing to teach is an old school American and not just American, one of the worst education core centers in the United States. Uh, that's where they decided to rip off their, their uh, a good portion of their curriculum. Yeah. And and there's reasons why Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Calgary, Edmonton have all said that they're not going to uh, pilot this, uh, like they're not going to test it because yeah. they're like, this is absolutely obscene. But Well, what's obscene about it? So... There are other examples of ways to teach. And I know that your wife is a teacher. Yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law and my sister are both teachers. One, uh, my sister-in-law in Calgary and my sister in uh, in the lower mainland in BC. And so I got to actually talk to both of them and get an understanding of the differences between the two. And I, before before these conversations, I actually didn't know that there was such a holistic difference to how things were taught because I... I grew up with that fact-based teaching as well, right? That's something that we know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But things have changed, and that's the kind of cool thing. So I, I, I disagree personally. I think that uh, I, I listen to my wife uh, come home, and I, I hear how she teaches. And, you know, I'm not going to criticize that. I think she, she's a wonderful Oh, no, no, lady. no. Right now, the, 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 I'm saying what they're proposing to do. I, I'm just talking yeah. uh, about the circumstances now. I think that in a lot of ways, we've gone from trying to just educate and... Um, move a class along a curriculum to now teaching to the lowest common denominator in a lot of ways. And, you know, when my wife comes home and she tells me she has to teach pretty much four different classes worth of information to one class because you have a variety of different education levels, right? Yeah. You've got someone that can read at a grade two level and then someone that can read at a grade 12 level all in one grade nine class. Yeah. And you're dealing with, you know, vast differences in wealth and economics in these classes. Now, when I went through education, no one gave a fuck. If you if you failed, you failed. That was it. Yeah. You didn't yeah. keep up. That's it. You're done. Sorry. You didn't mm -hmm. put the work in. Fuck off. You take the class again. Yeah. Or, you know, try something else. Yeah. But now it's uh it's it's so much different because you know, she'll challenge the kids that are at a higher level, I think, uh, with maybe extra content and things. Yeah. Uh, but most of her time spent with the kids that aren't really wanting to be there, yeah. aren't able to be there. Uh, there's a lot of situations I don't want to, you know, point fingers or anything. But to me, that just seems ass backwards. I well, mean, yeah. like I said, there has to be a willingness to be there. And I know it's circumstantial in a lot of ways, and there's wealth and economics to come into play. But not as much. Like So so I'm going to kind of just explain how the system in BC works, because when mm -hmm. it was told to me, it was fascinating. And I think when you hear it, you're going to go, well, holy fuck, I wish I learned in that system, because... It's okay. it's completely different. I don't know, man. Right. Like I, I, I think the trial by fire education system is what you're gonna get when you get a post secondary anyway. Why why prepare kids in a situation where they're pampered and they're coddled and I'm not I'm not saying no I'm zeros, not saying that. there's no failure. But I I'm just proposing this. This is this is more me just ranting. Like uh, I don't think the education system is really preparing our future oh, they're not. kids. They're not. For the, anything, the current really. education system is not. And this is why mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about two different systems. I'm going to talk about the BC curriculum, but then sure. I'm also going to talk about IB. IB is the International oh, yeah. Baccalaureate System. That's basically AP for the French people. 
Not really, but okay. Well, <laughs> AP, <laughs> but, for, AP for Europeans? No, because it's not AP. The whole idea is actually about creating well-rounded citizens. That's the whole uh, like under undertone of okay, the yeah. IB See, system. My, my my understanding was there was AP schools and IB schools. I went to an AP school, so yeah. AP we always looked down like, yeah. at the IB kids, and the IB kids always looked down at us. Yeah, and I, so, I don't know. I didn't know the difference really all that well. Yeah, IB are are basically uh, <laughs> the, the goal of IB schools is to create global leaders of change. That's the the overarching tenet of what they're supposed to do. Okay. So in BC, uh, the curriculum is very different. When you pull up the curriculum on the Alberta website right now, um, you can see like very very in depth content that they want to learn dates, names, all times, all of these things for very specific things. Which is like you said, it's going to be test based, right? It's the only way you do that, and it's probably <clears throat> going to be largely multiple choice. So in BC. It, they but when by the time you hit grade seven, they actually don't allow multiple choices on the on uh, in the IB school that my sister teaches in because they don't mm. want that kind of learning structure because it's not teaching you to be a, a person; it's teaching you to be a test taker. That's right. Yeah. So and it's just short answer, or long answer. Short answer, long answer, nice. and other formats, right? So nice. other ways of testing your skills. But the craziest thing was if you look at the BC curriculum, they actually don't have content in it. Hmm. It's ideas. And okay. so what it does is it empowers the teacher. So there's a lot of theories internationally. There's a, gu- a guy named Dr. Ken Robinson, and I've watched a bunch of his TED Talks. He's really cool. I've, I've, uh, I've listened to one of his audio books, and he talks about kind of the future of education. And uh, one of the things that he talks about is how, is how like, the, the current system, especially in the States, of No Child Left Behind, which is just a, the most ironic title ever, uh, because funding <laughs> is determined based off of tests, right? Yeah. I was like, no child's going to be left behind this podcast. <laughs> I just didn't want to. Didn't no, want fair it. enough. I mean, it, it is, it, it's a horrible system, right? Because funding is based off of testing, and testing is based off of econo- like the, the, uh, the economic situation of the places. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a horrible system. But uh, he talks about all sorts of different ways of reconstructing education, and... But uh, and that and he also talks about how when you're di- when you're teaching people to be test takers, the teachers are deprofessionalized. You're taking away their skills and replacing it with a robotic effort because the Alberta curriculum, as it's on uh, online right now, mm-hmm. could be learned online just by reading Wikipedia pages because that's all just facts, right? And then you can be tested on it. But that's not actually teaching you anything, and that that almost kneecaps most teachers who care now there's going to be older generations who like that because it's they've gotten complacent that's the tenured professor that uh is just like oh i'm i i'm here for my research i have to teach these classes and i understand that but it sucks for the people paying 500 bucks for that class so oh it's like, more than 500 bucks but yeah well, depend, depending on the class plus but yeah. books plus programs yeah. plus plus labs plus fuck you yeah oh yeah plus, so plus, ton, plus. tons of tons of money right yeah. but so so bc it's big ideas small ideas and learning uh, like core competencies that they want so it's a very 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 different approach and so the it's about this motherfucker came with notes yeah Yeah, i came with notes because my sister was giving me so much information and i have to thank her uh it's really quite cool yeah i actually have a piece of paper here with all the fucking notes because i was like okay this is so much different than what i've been learning about and i have a one-year-old now she just turned one last week and like, so this is on my mind because I got to think about this shit. So one of the things when people are talking about it is curriculum versus pedagogy. And pedagogy is about how you get to to the end of the curriculum. And that's really the biggest difference in BC. And it's the same difference you get in Norway. It's the same difference you get in a lot of the Scandinavian countries hmm. is 
they empower their teachers. They 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 hold teachers up in Finland as well as as like a high upper echelon of society because they see mm-hmm. them as the molders of the future of society as it should be. I think I think yeah. like people like your wife should be held up and propped up as like this is someone who has has sacrificed a lot of their mental health to to yeah, guide no, 20, 20 rugrats to a future, right? It's, and, yeah, it's uh, I couldn't do what she does, man. No, I got, I I got a funny not. story. If we just want to take a break, here yeah, for, for a sure. Uh, every year at her school, I'm going to keep that um, censored. Uh, they used to do a turkey cookout for Christmas, right? So uh, everybody at the school would show up at like five in the morning. And, uh, you know, we'd start peeling potatoes, making stuffing, getting these turkeys ready. And then, you know, by the time lunch came around, we had enough turkey and stuffing and, you know, uh, potatoes and whatever to feed like 300 people, like the, the, the kids and their whole family. Like if they wanted to bring their whole extended family, which some families did. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was awesome. They, they'd bring grandma and grandpa and everybody and they'd have a, you know, like a turkey dinner altogether. And uh, I thought it was a really good concept. Uh, I got to really commend the principal of that, uh, that school. I, I don't want to say his name either, but uh, yeah, no, if you're listening good. to this, buddy, you're a great guy. <laughs> I miss your uh, Christmas parties. Uh, I hope <laughs> you're doing well at uh, your new opportunity. Uh, but uh, it really brought the community together. And I, I think what really opened my eyes to what my wife deals with was at one of these. Uh, I get there five in the morning. Uh, one of the other uh, teacher's husband's. Uh, who is not a teacher as well, uh, was there and we're pretty close. His name's Daniel. Great guy. Uh, we start peeling potatoes and joking around and having smoke breaks together. And oh, yeah. It's about 7 o'clock and uh, some of the kids show up early to school to kind of help out too. It's kind of one of those half days no one gives a fuck about because they all know they're getting turkey and going home early. So yeah. like teachers kind of keep the kids busy with band and whatever and like fun little activities and then you know lunchtime rolls around. But you know some of the kids come and help out in the kitchen and I remember, uh, I don't remember the chick's name uh, but she was this little, like, uh, I don't know, probably 12, 13 year old. Right. And half her head was shaved. The other half was like down to her ass and it was purple. Right. <laughs> she's standing beside me peeling potatoes and she's just huffing and puffing. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I go through one potato and I'm just hearing this. <sighs> and, you know, I look over, I'm like, I'm just going to ignore this. Don't ask. Kevin. Don't ask. Just peel potatoes. And then she does it again. And she's like looking at me while she's doing it. Like, she wants my attention. Like, <sighs> <laughs> right? I'm like, hey, what's what's going on? Like, you sound like having a tough time there. And like, she fucking throws the whole potato in the garbage. We're peeling over. She's got this peeling knife. She looks up at me, rolls her eyes. She's like, I just don't even know if I'm gay anymore. <laughs> and I look at her. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know what gay was in junior high. Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, she's like, oh, I'm just. My girlfriend is just such a pain in the ass. What? These kids, man, like they, they are hit with so much information what? nowadays. Oh, no. Like I remember when I was in junior high, you had to work for porn, my friend. Oh. You went like, you, you, like unless you yeah. had like Goldman Sachs and your parents paid for your <laughs> cell phone plan, like you had to like sneak into the kitchen and use that fucking You're kitchen laptop. You're seven years at night. my junior. You yeah. we, laptops weren't oh. around for me. Buddy, yeah. We had balloons. Oh. Blue screen. We we were the guys who had to find a who like a, some sort of like titty mag in the forest. Yeah, yeah. Like oh yeah, Billy's seventeen year old brother left it there. We, it's, it's the thirteenth tree on the left. There like you, you would have no fucking idea Buddy, what like, we're talking about. The, the, the splitter cell level jerking off I did 
in that in that age group, man. Like, no, sneaking downstairs, you know, like just tiptoeing. And then you get down to the kitchen laptop and you're, you're like looking around. Any any creak like sets you off. Man, it was terrifying. Oh, Kids man. don't know that shit anymore. And like it shows. But, you know? but they have such a huge exposure to so much information, exactly which is what why, yeah. what, which is, oh. again, so like. The cool thing about about the BC curriculum is that ideas thing. So it gives the teachers the ability to kind of like curve the curriculum to them, right? Like what my sister said she starts with is because you said so many people get disengaged and it makes them like not want to be there. And so you want them to be able to opt in. So the first thing she does is she goes, what are things that interest you guys? I'll learn about that and then I'll find a way to teach you the material within that. Oh, 100%. And that's what she does. And that's so cool. like whatever they're lear- they're interested in, she now knows all of the weird like uh, apps and shit like that because just I by virtue say, of the that. The problem isn't with the teachers, man. No, like, it's definitely not. Yeah, I, I say She's empowered to do exactly. that in BC, right? I yeah. know that your wife and my sister-in-law would be doing the exact same thing. Oh, and I think maybe people 30, 40 years their senior my wife, wife are. My, my wife is as well, you know? Yeah, like, and, and they'll do it to their best of their ability. Exactly. But when you have to... But like, if you have half your class fail a standardized test, now she has to focus on that exclusively and she has to cut off her creativity. Yeah. And like, the cool thing about Finland that when they're topping every year, they have one standardized test a year by the time you're 16. One. One. They're not teaching to test. They're teaching to teach people to be a good to citizen, to think. Yeah, that's good. And so, to like, in my my sister's grade six social studies, her her uh, kids needed to learn about media impact, impartiality. They needed to learn. Uh, so they they learned in grade four uh, the precursor to residential schools and kind of just like Canada forming and all of that. And yeah. then they learned more about it in grade six. But they needed to learn about propaganda and how to distinguish between it. So yeah. her so. Oh yeah, what what YouTube shows do you watch? Okay, I'm gonna watch those, and I'll give you examples of propaganda within them. And yeah. she uses that in her classes That's to teach beautiful. them, right? Nice. Because they get to learn in real time what they're thing is seeing, and they learn critical thinking skills on the spot, so they can spot yeah. bullshit based on wow. things that interest but them. She's yeah. empowered to do that within the Absolutely. system. And that education system is one of the tops in the world. And that's the way I think Alberta needs to be looking is empowering the teachers, right? Because none of us had that. And I told you, like, you'll be shocked when I tell you how how different it is. Because I'd never known this. Well, let me put it this way. That's a brilliant way. Would you rather go to a restaurant that's run by the chef or an accountant? Well, exactly. I was thinking about a restaurant example, too, right? Like, Like, imagine... Like, how many people, how many, how, what percentage do you think of kids are, like, disinterested a good portion of the time in school? Like, half? Oh, at least. Okay, so at let's, let's call, least. let's call half having a food allergy. All of a sudden, you now want to go to a restaurant that makes it from scratch instead of a place that has boxes, right? Yeah. You want that chef input because they can tailor it to you. That's mm. the whole point, right? Is when you, when the teachers are empowered to be creative, they can get the broad spectrum of people on board. But when they have to do fact-based, you're only going to get a small portion of it. And all of those fucking people that were the tops of our classes are not good people. No. They're not. They're robots. They memorize shit. Man, uh, I get you. I get you. Like, so, it's, like when I found out about this, which was just yesterday. The difference between critical thinking and yeah. being factual. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's actually Huge what difference. she says. So so the common core, the 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 uh, the whole idea of it is fact-based, mm-hmm. right? That's the one that they ripped out of uh, Virginia. It's the complete opposite of critical thinking skills. Yeah. Right? I remember uh, so my, they, my graduating wow. year, uh, our valedictorian had like 97% rolling average. Uh, Eric Lepp, great guy, 
like awesome guy. I, I wish I, I could still catch up with him. Like he uh, he he sat like beside me for most of <laughs> most of the classes because oh, yeah. everything was alphabetized when yeah. we were in high school, right? Like I, 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 right in front of me was probably Leah Brown or someone else. Uh, and then there was me, <laughs> and then there's always like Eric Lepp, like right there, and like we we pretty much went through a lot, like a lot of classes together. But like you, you look at it now, and I'm like, okay, well, get, being valedictorian, you know, I was voted most original by the student yeah. body, right? <laughs> and you kind of look at that, and you know, I don't know where he's at in his life, right? I I couldn't tell you, yeah. but I, I know that a lot of my friends that went after the secondary education, especially engineering, uh, they're not doing great. You know, yeah. it's uh, they follow that logical path, you know, and then it's just like, well, did you critically think or did you become a test taker? Well, and a lot of like, you know? if you look at a lot of the the like uh, uh, careers that have high suicide rates and high rates of depression, a lot of them are test taking based, yeah. right? Like uh, dentists. D- um, what's the other? The, few? the well, the accounting is another yep, big accounting. one for that, which is one of the most test laden ones so like it's it's a, those things where you're not thinking critically you're thinking structurally yeah right and it's because it 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 i think it largely destroys creativity and i think that when you look at 58.6 percent, that's fucking fantastic that we have such a high rate like we have so much privilege in canada that and so much opportunity that such a high rate of people can have the money to do that and have the ability ability just the ability to do that right yeah i think that's the, the pretty fantastic thing, I, I i like outcomes aside because i yeah. do think that yeah post-secondary really needs to tailor its its subject matter to i think it does need to be in some fashion tied to the economy or tied to uh more broad learning objectives because i do think that the the well, well here's the thing i mean if you were going to go join the military and uh, let's say you wanted to be a a diver in the Navy, for yeah. example, and uh, you go apply for the Navy and they're like, well, look, we don't need divers right now. We need uh, we need engineers. We need Bozeman. We need, uh, you know, uh, guys that work in the office doing calculations. We need, uh, you know, astronomers, whatever. Yeah. You know, they at least tell you like, OK, well, what you want to do isn't available. How about some things that we could actually teach you and get something out of you i wish universities did that too in a lot of ways because i think a lot of the times you know if you're looking at a military operation they know the shortages of their operation right why can't a university invest a little bit of money and find out what the shortages are in the economy well you know it's it's not a hard thing to do you know what's kind of cool though is when you have that broad system even at the elementary school level you get this crazy result so my my sister was telling me about so her she's doing a master's in science in mm-hmm. education right now but she her her background is all in sciences so she teaches a lot of like science classes and her favorite thing to do is give the kids opportunities to do creative uh, experiments and she was talking about one of her students in her class so when they were talking about um uh like the the difference between materials how there's there there can be distinct so like buoyancy of oil versus water and like what how they don't understand that most materials aren't salt like a a unique or a pure material they're Mm -hmm. blends of other things so when they they were learning about that they were talking about like okay so we're going to talk about how uh different smokes mixed with air different liquids mixed with liquids things of that nature right yeah so she was talking about different environmental stuff and so what they what they were talking about was okay so we have this issue with plastics in the ocean or uh, or or maybe you can find your own issue that, that they've found that's a that's plastics naturally recurring it's a pretty good it's, issue. it's a pretty yeah. good exa- issue right and and uh all i want you to do is 
come up with a theory of how you can do it and and come as close as possible as you can to creating something that is effective at doing at doing what you said mm-hmm. this girl in grade six created a six foot tall robot that drove through the to go through the deserts because what they were finding was uh, in Nevada that the cam no not Nevada because it was camels I'm not sure where it was but there was a de- there, there's a desert somewhere in which in which the the camels were uh, just collapsing and when they were uh, being cut open they were finding that their stomachs were filled with plastic and they were dying of starvation oh, and shit. so yeah so she designed this six foot tall robot to go through the deserts and pick up plastic as it goes through and store it and crush it oh my god yeah so Holy she basically shit. designed yes. Wally now it wasn't fully functional but obviously oh. got full marks right but wow. but she got like I mean she had a limited amount of time to create it but right. she had she made a, it could drive it could pick the things up it couldn't sift it fully or crush yet but she yeah, had yeah, most yeah. of the components going wow, but that's amazing again that's something when you can't you can only get that creativity maybe like she basically engineered something but if she was taught only how to engineer based off of mathematical principles she right. might not have actually come up with that no she probably no. would have came up with another bridge or yeah. you know a fucking boring mercedes or something i don't know well and that's what i think is like <laughs> so fascinating when i found this out i was like why are we not doing this that's crazy right man. like how are like like there's that <laughs> there's, the, there's the episode of family guy where peter has a stroke from eating too many burgers <laughs> <laughs> stroke. i love that episode yes. and, yeah. and, then, and then he goes in to get a stem cell injection and Five minutes later, he comes out and his face is fine. He's like, "How are we not funding this?" And that was the exact moment yeah. I had when yeah. I, when when my sister's telling me about this approach. I'm like, "That like, holy fuck! Talk about the best way to prop up teachers. All the kids are going to be coming home way happier too because mm-hmm. now yeah. they're engaged. So the flip side of that too is now the parents are going to be happier too because their kids aren't going to be sniveling little shits. Yeah. Their kids are going to be excited about going to school, yeah. right? And they're going to be excited about being engaged in the stuff. They're going to want to do homework. So the parents have an easier job. The teachers in turn have an easier job because they're not hearing it from the parents and they get to be creative, yeah. right? And we're producing better citizens. And then the IB side of it is basically just tailoring the education so basically you start out local but rather than stopping at the national you expand to an international level so when uh, so when you're talking about systems of government for example you introduce it uh, from the school level so you have teachers you have a vice principal and you have a principal that's mm-hmm. the hierarchy right and then you go to like maybe local and then you go to provincial and then you go to federal but for them they go uh international this is how other countries do it royal mm-hmm. rule and then they explain different mm-hmm. different things like that yeah. but yeah, it gives you this this fascinating ability to tr- to basically create a group of global citizens who know how to think, people who actually know how to think critically. And I think that's what's desperately needed because when when our province is seeing a lack of innovation and a lack of investment in opportunities uh, that you like, there's there's so much I opportunity. Jump in- on one thing about our province here, real quick. Yeah. Because this is kind of an Alberta issue. I don't know if other provinces kind of play the same way. But one of the biggest reasons why we probably can't fund a lot of these, you know, cooler programs and a lot of these proper um, education platforms, like, in my opinion, if you're staying in the school for lunch, the school should provide lunch. That's that, you know, I'm a fat guy. That's what I'm going to say. But that, 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 you go to Europe. Uh, they'll provide you with like a nice salmon fucking lunch that's like fresh and yep. like amazing, uh, you know, and that's that's part of the cost of school. But like, I think if you look at Alberta, you can associate 
uh, quite quickly that there is a Catholic school board and a Protestant or public school board. Yep. Now, depending on the city, your public school could be Catholic or Protestant. Um, but at least at Edmonton here, the the, the public is um, uh, Protestant and the uh, the, the, pri- uh, the, the they, they split it is what I'm saying. Yeah. You got Edmonton Catholic and Edmonton uh, public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And essentially, when you move into a place in Edmonton, you can decide to where your taxes go. Do you want the yeah, money that was going so to weird for me. Edmonton Catholic, or do you want the money going to Edmonton public? You know, here's where I, like, I, I like to take the more, uh, you know, financial side of things, maybe uh, a little more than uh, you do. But I look at this and I see, with the Edmonton Catholic School Board, you're going to have superintendents. You're going to have, um, you know, a lot of redundant positions that you're going to have in the public school board as well. Yep. You're pretty much doubling the salary because you're going to need superintendents. You're going to need, um, you know, uh, union workers and that. Uh, you're going to need, uh, you know, educators. And, you know, uh, these are all things that if you amalgamated this and got religion the fuck out of it, you could probably save a pretty penny. You're, ne- you're never going to have me ever disagree with the idea that we need greater separation and that's, of religion. This is part of the from, issue because from our overall state. It, with because this that, whole reform huge... that they're making uh, for Alberta, this applies to Catholic and Protestant schools. It doesn't yeah. matter. Uh, but it, it seems to me that uh, you know they they don't want to do that because their voter base is is quite uh, Catholic. Well, that's right? the interesting so, thing, too, that, is actually that, their voter base isn't that largely Catholic. It's a lar- largely Christian, mm, right? Sure, yes. But, and, like, and then so like there's other denominations underneath it. But the funny thing, so yeah, I, the, I'll, like the, the other major, major one that stood out apart from, uh, you know, the social studies aspects of the Ku Klux Klan being added in there as one of the weird facts and having to memorize their, their statement of like one... One race, one pride, one flag, one nation, or some shit like that. Why? Yeah, that's what? actually in the Alberta proposed curriculum Why? for grade six. Grade six kids need to memorize that. Do they also have to watch Mississippi Burning at that age? No, nope. just traumatize the fuck out Do, of them. Like, no, Mind Kampf on the reading list. Oh, uh, nope. But uh, yeah, so weird, weird shit being added in. So like, that's one of the fucking odd ones, right? J- the other one was uh, Jason Kenny's grandpa was added as one of the two uh, yes p- uh, jazz that. musicians to learn about. Which is odd because it was two white guys learn that are. I mean, I'm not saying Jason Kenny's grandpa is actually was was a, a well known musician in the jazz community in Alberta. So it's not that far fetched. Put a fucking black guy in. It's a black genre of music. My God, yeah, like just absolutely ridiculous to not have that in there. But well, it'd be like if you're teaching rap and you're like, okay, so we're going to get Macklemore and Eminem. And I feel yeah. like that's going to be enough to teach all about rap. <laughs> that's going to be more than like we've got the soft kind and we've got the hard kind. That should be enough, right? Yeah. Like uh, M's gangsta. He has some black friends. Like, yeah, uh, no, that would be a horrific way of going about uh, it. But so maybe we need some Robert Thicke. Yeah, oh my god. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, like blurred lines. That's Jeez. what that's what we need more of. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, was... Yeah, so I mean like the uh Was that a porno or a music video? I still haven't decided. Yeah. Uh, I I mean for a lot of those videos it was uh, very much the same. I guess uh, I, shout know, out like... to DMX the dog by the way. Mm. Cuz uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, his passing. That sucks. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. I mean very, very sorry. Yeah. Bad loss. I didn't hear a whole uh I mean I was I grew up probably more with Missy and Pac and like TLC and those guys than I did with DMX. My cousin got me into DMX a little bit 
I don't know. Right. X going to give it to you is still one of my favorite workout mm, yeah. songs. Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Rick and Morty. There was just so much to choose from. Ice Cube, Exhibit, like, yeah, Busta. There was so much at the yeah. time. Tech. But, yeah. So, I mean, like, but, but yeah, back to the, the, the curriculum aspect. Like, the... The, the the content of it is is obscene what was the 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 kind of segue that we had into that past one because now we've gone so far off the 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 rails i can't remember where we were we came from well uh you know i think i was discussing the, the catholic oh and yeah the religious aspect so yeah and they, i i don't think that i think if it's going to be publicly funded get the religion the fuck out of it yeah so yeah. that's um, that's the interesting thing too is like religion is expressly taught mm-hmm. so like they what they say is they teach it in in proportion to adherence so mm-hmm. they have like christianity is taught so but it, it's all taught from the perspective of christianity so you're taught from like there is like uh, Jesus is God. Like God exists. Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God. This is it. You know, but also, some people believe Jesus. Jews. Oh, well, know, they, they voted on what to call Jesus. Well, so the first like, transcription <laughs> under so, Vespasian, they were like, "What are we going to call this guy?" <laughs> they voted on it. Well, I, the the funniest thing is, is the first transcription of his name is in uh, ancient Greek, and mm-hmm. ancient Greek actually doesn't have. Uh, uh, hard S yeah. in it. The S actually signifies gender. So you know it was male. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zeus, the only people, people bring up uh, uh, Apollo, but Phabus is actually is his first name, yeah. right? Yeah. And so uh, the S just means male. So his name is actually Jeshua. Yeah. Right? Most people don't get that one. But also in the in the Old Testament, if you look in the book of Isaiah from the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, it, the original Mary was Helen and the original Jesus was Joseph, I think it was. I think it was Joseph and Helen, and there was like eleven shekels of silver rather than uh, than gold mm-hmm. and and whatnot. But the the stories line up almost identically. So like it's it's very much a plagiarism. But but anyway, so they they teach that hierarchy of religion, right? So you got Christianity at the forefront, and then they're like, okay, we're also going to teach Judaism, which is like what one point six percent of the population of Alberta. And then we're going to treat, teach Islam, which is like somewhere in the four, three, four percent of the population. Well, yeah, but if but, you're if you're but, Islamic or Jewish <laughs> and you want to go have an education in that, it's private, isn't it? No, well, no, no. They are te- they, they are teaching those uh, those in this proposed curriculum. So oh, they're yeah, actually going to teach but, all the religions. But what they okay. skip over is thirty four percent of the fucking province mm. is non religious. Very true. And they don't teach that non religion is even a thing. Oh, so that's a huge problem. That's a fucking massive problem. That's thirty four percent. And Islam always says we're the fastest growing religion. If you want to go about fastest growing school of thought on theology, right? Oh. Because it's not a religion. Mm-hmm. Then no, it's fucking not. Mm-hmm. Atheism is right. People without or, or or whatever you want to call yourself, but but the lack of religiosity, right? They're the people who will play the spiritual card, but but yeah, uh, yeah. It, overall, what they do, they don't believe in a physical personal god, right? Mm. But that's the fastest growing group, and not by a small margin, right? And that they're completely left out. So we have no critical thinking and no critical thinking doubled down on. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like right now. What the Alberta government is saying is we don't want critical thinkers. We really don't want people who can think critically. We want monkeys at a typewriter, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe maybe we'll get Shakespeare, but at the very least, we'll get some obedient workers. Well, I think it, it also trickles down from how post-secondary is taught, too. You know, like, <sighs> It doesn't uh, really influence it, though. I, post-secondary I, is largely influenced by, by demand, right? And mm-hmm. there was demand... I think the reason we see post-secondary as flowery and horseshitty as as it is and why we've seen the emergence of the Jordan Petersons and all of this in the coming days is actually a, a, a 
a response from the students for not getting catered to for the first fucking 12 years of school yeah. where they go, we want to learn something that actually matters to us. Give us health law. Can you teach us some shit about philosophy? Yeah. Can you teach us art? Like anything. Those are the things that don't actually pay economically in the system, but they have to take it post-secondary because it wasn't taught to them early on. I think it's actually because there was demand, right? Because that really, universities are supply and demand. They weren't like, take these art courses, we're going to shove them down your throat. There was yeah. a demand for it. Yeah. And then it spiked. And I think it spiked largely because we were all left behind. Right. We weren't allowed to. It was like it was almost shameful to be in enjoy art or music. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, you, you also had a lot yeah. of uh, women starting to get into post-secondary over the past 40 years. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but STEM classes like your, your maths and sciences uh, aren't historically, you know, female driven. Uh, well, they, you know, they, well, they were um, largely denied. Studied. Right. Uh, well, yeah, that too. But I think in a, in a more modern context, obviously the demand for these art courses is going to do increase as we're allowing the other sex into education. I mean, now it's just it's expected. I mean, uh, campuses are almost actually more women than men in most campuses. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I got to push back a little. Like but, the like uh, the 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 person who who wrote all of the code so that NASA could land on the moon the mm-hmm. first time was a woman. She wrote it by hand. She fact checked their computer. Yeah, because NASA didn't trust their computer; I'm they trusted saying, her. I'm not saying so there's I'm, no women in STEM. No, no, no. I know, I'm and, and that's like, and that's definitely statistically like there, there's fewer for sure. Yeah. And it's because I think again that's not teaching critical thinking. And I do think if you look at like women, women do have different brain structures I'm not than saying men. Women are bad at math. No, 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 no. no. I don't know, and that's not what I was taking. It was it was interest driven for sure, right? Like, yeah, and yeah. and and I took that, that I took it that way. But if you look, it, like women have different brain structures than men and have a larger corpus callosum. They they're going to be more critical thinkers than we are mm-hmm. and that's why they're driven towards things that are more interest based in that sense whereas we have historically been more robotic we had to do certain things in order to provide now that's just ingrained within us yeah but it's obviously so many people scream for freedom and don't know how to define it i think that freedom comes from not being taught how to critically think that's the ultimate freedom is yeah. taking the shackles off of your mind and not not being told to fall in line you know, I, I think that education in a lot of ways should just be, um, you know, uh, how do you put it? Um, how you say? How you say? <laughs> uh, if you want to go do something, uh, apprentice for it. You shouldn't have to go take eight years of school uh, plus, you know, to find out if you want to be a doctor. Yeah. You should be able to go and, you know shadow and uh, you know uh apprentice it should be like that but if you're get a feeling for it because here's the thing like the the brain drain in our country is substantial yeah uh, because we get all these uh, foreign students that come here get educated and immediately fuck off uh usually to the states where they can make more money if it's a health related field or uh if it's a financial related field it's back to india uh or they typically buy a mm-hmm. fuckload of stuff when they yes. come here though and Very true. inject a shitload of money into the economy they but, buy, but they made vancouver the supercar capital of north yeah, america over los angeles what are you doing to the uh, the, the education yeah. levels in our own country though this is the thing cuz those kids are raising the bell curve uh, they're making it harder for our citizens to get educated, and they're, they're making less available spots just, yeah, for our. I people. think that not necessarily. So we have domestic and international pricing at our, mm-hmm. at our universities. Oh yeah, it's way more expensive to be an international student. They're yeah. not. They're not going to pass. But they up actually free money. subsidize a lot of our education. So like 
most Americans, if we have any Americans listening to this, so my undergrad mm-hmm. cost me ten grand, maybe. Yeah. Right. My law school cost me a lot more, but that's that's uh, my, to be expected. For right? engineering, ten grand was one semester for me. Yeah. See, my well, one year. Sorry. So it was. Yeah, my law I, years I were how, sixty or were twenty uh, grand a piece. So yeah. How, like, what did you? How how long was your undergrad then? Four years. Four years. Ten grand. Yeah. 25. What did you take? Uh, business. That's that's surprisingly. There, the school is, was cheap. like six thousand people, and forty five hundred were international. So they largely subsidized our school costs, mm. which was beautiful. Well, our in Alberta, all cost U of A here, but, they don't yeah. subsidize dick. I'll tell you that. Like, no, if they fair say enough. They are, they're lying. Well, and I think <laughs> that that comes with the when you when you change the approach to uh, education of what we're looking to get out of it in terms of people. Not in terms of units of output, but in terms of people, mm-hmm. you you end up changing the system completely, right? And it yep. has that; it's going to have that that full scale effect. Where if what we're doing is making it so that people can be creative, we're going to breed another, even more creative generation of teachers who are then going to be able to potentially go. Okay, we're in grade twelve health sciences. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to go to a hospital, and you're gonna we're going to spend a day following a nurse, a doctor, a surgeon, this, that, and the other. And you actually get to see all of those things yeah. in real. And now you have the apprenticeship program built into it because yeah. the creativity and you the see, time like, because they're not teaching to test. All they're I'm teaching saying, to teach. exactly. All I'm saying is there should be a lot more apprenticeship. Um types of jobs like there should be the ability for someone to apprentice as a lawyer and a doctor and you know because a lot of these people have enough education and are smart enough to do these things but they lack the willingness to sit through eight years of being beaten into becoming a test slave yep and i'm sorry like i I, I feel like i could be a great trial lawyer uh do i know the law to the extent no that's what the education would be for but I, I want to know if I'd actually want to do it before I'd invest eight years and sixty thousand dollars. I and found out that one percent of lawyers in Canada are the trial lawyers you're thinking exactly about when you it. say it, right? But how much did that cost you to know? Sixty G. There you go. Yeah, and that's the fucking damn shame because if you had the ability to apprentice out of high school for a year in well, a few different fields, like let's just say there's a grade thirteen again, like in Ontario. You, wait, but I'm gonna stop, stop. I'm gonna stop you for one sec because sure. there's a fucking hilarious loophole. So in uh, so in Canada, you have to have an undergraduate degree to okay. go into the legal program. Yeah. In Australia, you don't. And because we actually have our legal systems tied. They're very similar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, yeah. So we're part of the Commonwealth. So mm-hmm. we can, you can transfer law degrees between England, Canada, the US and Australia. No shit. Yeah. And so Aussies go from high school. They take their three year law degree and move to Canada as a 21 year old lawyer. <laughs> full-fledged yeah. happens all the fucking time that's it's, amazing it's absolutely nuts yeah. they have a competitive advantage over canadians yeah. in in canada so let's just put that Whoa. on paper and yeah. say would is there any difference in pay between being an australian defense lawyer in canada and a canadian educated defense lawyer in canada no you're gonna, you're gonna... and you did it in three <laughs> years as opposed to nine yeah well i took nine seven is really what you need well i'm just saying but I yeah mean, yeah, that, that seven just, years. That baffles me. Yeah, because like <laughs> we're the same system. Oh, that, and, that, and that's and, hilarious. And when I apply for jobs, it's not a master's degree, it's not a doctorate, it's an advanced degree, but that it's not one yeah. at the same time. It's just JD. Yeah, right? but but you know what that stands for? Juris doctorate. Yeah, because 
here's the thing in the uk do- juris doctorate was actually a doctorate in law yeah. right but the united states uh university system wanted to market their system as more as better than the uk one so what they started doing was calling all their undergraduate law degrees juris doctorates it was straight up educational oh, inflation damn yeah, yeah educational inflation and then canada just followed suit it's absolute oh, shit. dog shit. So I am Dr. Jones, and I will fucking play that Aqua song at every entrance. <laughs> I am Juris Dr. Jones. Uh, that's funny. But uh, yeah, in it, it means absolutely dog shit all. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, it's uh, leave it to the Americans to try to break the uh, the case system of the uh, the English yet again. now it's an undergrad (laughs) fuck you (laughs) yeah they just they they are a marketing machine that's amazing that's all they are Uh, no and that just goes to show you i mean like it's just the uh i think there's 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 definitely a brain drain when it comes to people coming to the country and uh like i'm a little jaded on that because i was in engineering and it was very in your face yeah uh you know you had uh your friends that you'd hang out with and then there was just that group of others, you yeah, know, and uh, like and not in a racist way. Like you, you, like you just, they didn't socialize. Like yeah, they, they, I can they, understand like, that. Not that, like, I, not that I saw anyway. And yeah. um, I would know, argue that there's probably there's going to be people yelling, especially on my side, that it's a two way street, and I'll just acknowledge that. But at the same time, it's super hard because sometimes they, there's a massive language barriers and all that as well. That's so, true. Like, yeah. there's just there's a lot of impediments there, and again. Because you're taught to take tests, you're not taught to socialize and actually work together True. and That's, internationalize yeah, your also, approach. Yeah. That that you're not actually encouraged. Literally, to one work of the together. first days in engineering, they sat they sat us all down in this theater of like 500 kids. Yeah, and they said, "Look to your left. Now look to your right. If both of those people are still in engineering, you won't be. That's the statistics." And that's literally how they opened. Oh my god! That's literally how they opened. Like, welcome to engineering one hundred and one. So the two guys that you were next to are they still in it? Uh, actually, yeah, I think I was the one out. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, no, because uh, I think beside me was my buddy Phil, and uh, he's uh, he's probably in Saskatchewan doing something. I ran into his mom at. Uh, um, I think she 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 works at uh, like one of the museums, like right, right across from the downtown police, yeah. where they removed the Royal Museum. She works there, right? So oh, I okay. took my wife there, and I bumped into her, and I was like, I was like, Phil's mom, and she's like, Yeah, yeah. it was great. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's out in Saskatchewan. I think the other guy was Dave, and honestly, I haven't heard from that guy in years. Yeah. Like uh, we hung out like a year after, and then he just kind of he's kind of disappeared. If you're out there, Dave, say hi. I miss you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know if you're still doing the engineer thing. Yeah, yeah. man. No, I uh, like I said that first year, I uh, really just kind of because I, I did well in school, but to me it was like I, I like the things that would challenge the critical thinking. Yeah, you know, and I thought that was what engineering was all about: building things and solving problems. But the first year was just so much bullshit theory. Like, do you know this? Do you know this? Do you know this? Test, 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 test. Yeah. And, you know, my first semester, I had good grades. The second semester, I just gave up. I was just like, I fucking hate this. See, I was also interested in more of the critical thinking thing. And I was kind of lucky. Like, my high school had some weird programs. So, like, we had art metal that you could take where you actually make jewelry with soldering guns and stuff. So, I actually did that. Yeah, I did that for two and a half years, which was really cool. Like, the half year I worked as the TA. But, uh, and then we had... um, a grade 12 law course taught by a guy with a law degree. And we also had uh, grade 11 and grade 12 psychology, which were like 
more or less college level 100s, which was just really quite cool because I got to take both. That's that's where I took my first IQ test that we had talked about the last time was in that psychology course. And so the psychology is what made me go, oh, shit, there's more to this than that. There's theories on how you think. That's really kind of cool. Right. Right. Like philosophy and and psychology. I mean, they bleed into each other a lot, but they are, I think, like really the the precursors to education and what would make it really interesting to learn for a lot of people and i found that so i took i I actually did my first two years of psychology not uh, before i went into business yeah and it wasn't until we got into the neuroscience part of memorize these folds in the brain and name them with these latin terms that i was like yeah fuck that and What's the fucking point? Right. And that's exactly What's it. What's like, the fucking point? Especially like, as a psychologist. Like, you have this guy on the couch, and while he's rattling off, I've what? I've I've numbed his skull, and I'm sawing through so I can check out the folds and go, well, you know, this weird named one here is actually... <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not looking at this shit. Like, I understand... Teach me the chemical comp- like the chemical reactions within those zones that we know. Teach sure. me teach me how to, to uh, you know understand the correlation between those folds and and like some something operative yeah but it, i don't give a fuck about those functions and that's becoming more and more clear to like the younger generations the more and more they have direct access to facts like we've talked right about, well, yeah where they can just pull know, information just up. look it up like remember like how many times did you hear growing up i used to hear this all the fucking time what you think you're just gonna have a calculator in your pocket all when you grow up yeah. every day what you i just, hope i do like, what what you think you're just gonna be a what, typey typey every day not gonna have to do cursive writing you think that's what's gonna happen i remember hearing all that shit that was dog shit all the things that we think about right now the kids are already going fuck you you don't know what the fuck's coming i had a grade nine math teacher teach us how to use a slide rule because he was like you're not gonna have the ability to have a calculator everywhere you go and then my argument was like who the fuck uses slide rules man where do you even even buy one anyways so like yeah we had we had a whole like test on how to use a slide rule because we had extra time in the curriculum or whatever and he was just like that old school great teacher but definitely very weird yeah Uh, but (laughs) i just like that's a history lesson not a practical lesson exactly right and i'm cool with history like what are you doing wedding invitations like no yeah. okay well then why the fuck do you want to learn curtain i want to know how to read yeah. anymore. oh i know it's like <laughs> it's like when, when you're in cadets did i don't know about you but because we were both in air cadets <laughs> yes but like, sir did did you get learn your first first shoot with a fucking musket because um, i did i had to first... learn how to load a fucking musket and fire with it no, and that didn't... was the first gun That's i shot with. we didn't do muskets no we did <laughs> oh my uh, god I, I had a spear on the end of my <laughs> I got yelled at by a guy that was my dad's age, and I could tell he was getting off on it. Like, he he had the whole fucking uniform and shit, and he was teaching his drill. And he's yelling at me, and I was like, I don't know, fucking... 13 14 just getting yelled at and like it was just it's traumatizing it right is. so i went in the band because they're always on perfect step and they don't have to get inspected so <laughs> I, they were like okay what do you want to play i was like well uh, trombone and they're like how about the tuba and i was like <laughs> yes so I, uh, I i then started playing the tuba and this guy got even more mad, mad at me he was like oh you went in the band because you couldn't handle the real drill i was like <laughs> i guess so sorry yeah. but like literally he pulled me aside like probably three times one of the full dr- first drill lessons because i got my lefts and rights mixed up like i i got a fucked up brain it's dyslexic like, <laughs> you got to give me some time like when you're giving me directions and you're yelling at me it's just not going to go well for you i'm going to ignore you this guy's yeah. a fuck ass i don't know like 
my brother got the drill down like Pat, and uh, he's like, your brother's younger than you, and he gets this. What kind of example are you setting? I'm like, oh, my God. And then I went home, and my dad was like, just go in the band. Like you're always on perfect step if you're in the band, and they don't even get checked. I was like, "What?" And then like loophole, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, joining the band, it was like the best thing I did because like. Uh, but it's funny because your dad taught you to critically think about it. Like, well, hey, he was in the military just... his whole life, yeah. right? So like, uh, he he joined the reserves. I think when he was 16. Uh, then he went to uh, uh, RMC in uh, Kingston. Yeah. Uh, and then he was one of the last graduating years to graduate uh, in Royal Roads, BC, oh, okay. before they uh, they sold that. Uh, and then he was a pilot with he he he's just he's an alien man. He he <laughs> graduated pilot, which is like the hardest thing to graduate because you're under such scrutiny. Because one little thing, it's like being a fucking pro athlete in uh, you know in in yeah. a college down there. You, you get a fucking injury, and they're like, nope, yeah, you're not done. pilot anymore. You broke your leg, bitch. We're not oh. paying. Oh, you're yeah. out. So on top of doing that, he also did uh, physics engineer. Mm. So I was like, you can literally design a nuclear weapon and fly a plane. Anyway, so I, it just baffles me how he had the patience wow. to do that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, that's the other thing, too. I mean, that was a quality education for him because he had a job right away. Yeah. But well, that that's was the other thing the is there's, there's no jobs right now. And that almost <laughs> and goes that's the back sad to that. Thing, right. Like you yeah. invest all that time and you have, you know, you think you're getting skills, you're racking up debt and then you leave and it's just like, what do I yeah, no, no yeah, support? No, the university is like, how about you donate? Congratulations. Yeah. You're an alumni. And they're like, <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's what? why I think that university was a response to our, our inadequate, like uh, elementary and high school education, yeah. because I think that basically kids are shamed into leaving their house around 18, right? Yeah. Typically in North America, which is why a lot of minorities, by the way, thrive in North America is because they don't, they live there and they have like a few generations living in the same house and then they buy and flip houses like crazy. Yeah, I, At least uh, that, that's a stereotype within with, with, to a degree. But that's I how a lot of families did that in Vancouver. Yeah. After I left engineering, I, I moved out. Yeah. I started in the car business and then I made like some good dough. Yeah, but like, it, but, like but this it, is it. Yeah, if you didn't make that money because you were originally in school, right? Like most people in the states, they 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 don't na- necessarily have that ability to go make that high earning right yeah, away, yeah. right? Because the, pay, really the pay is just so radically lower yeah. in the U.S. too. Well, right? I think it's I, I took a huge risk, is what I did, because yep. I could have gone and worked at like fucking Walmart, and I would be there now ten years, and I'd have ten years worth of raises and. You know, I'd probably be like twenty two fifty or so right now. Yeah, who yeah. knows, right? Like that, yeah. the, the the possibilities are endless. Uh, but like <laughs> when I looked at Happiness, it, I kind of said, that one we know you know, exactly. if if yeah. I know how to sell, and I, the, I, the way I rationalize this is, after I had a really good month, I sat down and I said, well, I, how do I do this every month? Yeah. And then you know, obviously, it becomes quite evident that you can't. But the thing is, if the possibility is still on the table to make 10 grand a month, I'm still out, you know, out, out making, you know, uh, more than, <laughs> more than half the, more than half the average. Right. So yeah. if I even go two months, I have one month, 10 grand, one month, nothing. I'm still ahead of most of the average. Right. Yeah. So it just became a huge game of savings for me. And that's another thing they don't teach in education. Well, is how to be yeah. fiscally responsible. And it, it shows with who's running our country. He got yeah. no education on how to be financially literate, and now we're running a country with 25 months without a federal budget yeah. and an infrastructure budget that they can't account for half for, uh, a government that's willfully giving $500 billion to a corrupt agency, uh, the WE Foundation, 
you know, I, well, they've investigated that one, and that like, <clears throat> although the there were lots of credible claims, I think that they found that the the actual um, uh, process of get, getting that money, like choosing them as the as the the person, mm-hmm. the recipient, was actually clean. They that that was the determination from a third party uh, review. I haven't heard that, but that that's my understanding. I could be wrong on that. I, one, I, uh, I, I the I way just, Pierre Polyev is going after. I'm him not still, trying to. I, I, I fucking hate Trudeau, so I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to defend him. I de- I genuinely despise Harper, but uh, would laud him for how he guided us through 2008. What I hated yep. was how he de- dealt with natural resources, very much the way Kenny does, and he also was the one who designed uh, the. Um, the Alberta payoff to Quebec. So like that, that whole idea, mm-hmm. him and him and Kenny designed that. So yeah. I, I have a hard time with helmet head and, uh, and the way he approached it. Well, I mean, if you ever watched his Netflix commercial, that was the funniest thing ever. Did you ever see Harper's commercial where no. he looks like an absolute alien and he stands in front of a sign that has Netflix behind it. He goes, some of you like to watch streaming services. I too enjoy streaming services. Yeah, he like uh, this one over he here. Had the charisma. And I'm like, you are not human. You yeah. remind me of the Mr. Burns Alien episode. Like, yeah, he had the uh, he had the natural charisma of like a a sick chameleon. You know, it was just like makes me uncomfortable. Like if he was if if it came out that he was a like a, a sexual predator, yeah. I would yeah, not be would shocked. Sense, like yeah. him and Mike Pence give me the same vibe. I uh, I, I think Mike Pence is a little more rapey. Yeah, yeah. He Definitely, doesn't even want to be like, in a room with my, a woman. Yeah, like, Mike that's Pence is another into that, level like, of rapey. Mike Pence is into that, like you know, like fucking you know, the Hutterites where they tie their hands behind their back with the bags over their head. That's the shit he's probably into. Oof. Harper, I think, is more like the uh, you know uncomfortable bathtub time kind of guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, the uncle you never asked to babysit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a, yeah, he just makes me uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that our politicians are absolutely garbage. Yeah, right? we uh, we could, like, honestly, and this is the problem. But that's the because... party system, right? Like, the party that's system exactly in Canada it. is a joke, right? Like, the, the fact that they're representatives. <laughs> like, first of all, I hate when people call them leaders. They're not leaders. They're elected representatives whose job it is is to make decisions be- that, that, the people that benefit the people that elected them. Here's the thing. Actually, no. it's supposed to benefit everyone not just the people it's the people that like go out of their way after someone's elected to defend every action that a politician makes yeah they're like they're like so in love with the politician i'm like it's cognitive dissonance right because the people uh, they they feel as though because they're you're made to feel as though you're responsible for your vote yeah like I think it's a trap, and I think it's a bullshit trap because you're responsible like we talked for about your how, vote, but you're also responsible to hold these people not, accountable. You're not responsible for your vote because we talked about last time how politicians and political speech is written out of the fucking uh, advertising True. standards, so they True. can say whatever they want. You can lit- you literally I don't. About that. You have li- yeah. like you have no, no idea have whether or not what there. they're saying is honest. Yeah. You, and so when you're when you're voting for them, they could have lied about absolutely everything, and. <laughs> Every every aspect of that that can hold them accountable is governed by whether or not they want to legislate. And you can literally so you, this is the funny thing like you could get elected and the next day be like I lied about everything. I want the crab people, crab people. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, we shouldn't, we shouldn't go any further. I think we just came up with our next plan. Yeah, yeah. That's design it. our party and we will infiltrate. Infiltrate we'll crab call people. It the crab people. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll call it the uh, the Canadian board. 
<laughs> and then it'll be like CB. What the Trojan men? C- so yeah. that we can play that Trojan men, <laughs> Trojan but also the Trojan horse idea. Yep. Yes. Oh yep. yeah, yep. it's perfect. That's yeah. that's good. The Trojan party. Yeah. yeah. TP. <laughs> oh uh, my god, the uh, robot chicken episode with robot with uh, Trojan man. One of the best ones ever. <laughs> so good. Sword robot chicken. Are you out. cheating on me? No. What? No. Who's upstairs? Trojan man. <laughs> <laughs> But, Sorry, sir, uh, but I'm needed upstairs. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're we're probably going to agree most of our politicians are are useless. I think that what I would love to see, though, because education is one that seems to actually be able to go above politicians' heads because it impacts so many people and it goes across the line. Yeah. Kind of like when we were talking about the Wall Street sit-ins, like how how that the Occupy movement cross the the blue red line and we had this agreement that we were like yeah we just hate the elite dude i was part of that <laughs> yeah. i remember when they did the occupy movement yeah. i was in i was in engineering at the time and uh i got i got in that you know you i go. went uh, i took the i took the uh the lrt out to like i think jasper ave and i met this chick i was like texting or whatever as long as before i met my wife obviously <laughs> obviously uh, we met at the end of that year this was before that and uh, she's like oh yeah i here's why i knew this chick i uh i surprisingly i worked for the green party when i was in high school oh uh, so uh what happened uh we put on a political um like uh we had the ndp guy the green party guy the conservative lady and uh the liberal guy all come to our high school and talk about their parties yeah and no one wanted to be the MC, right? So they, they had all these guys show up, and they're setting up mics and everything, and I was eating my lunch, and they're like, hey, Ev. I was like, yeah. They're like, you want to MC this shit? And I was like, fuck oh, yeah, God. I do, right? Of so, course he does. Um, like, I asked, uh, asked a question of the Green Party guy. It was Peter, ja- Peter Johnson. Okay. Uh, and It was a really good question. I was like, look, most of us are going to graduate here. What are you going to do about student debt and secondary education? Is there going to be more oversight? Is there going to be less money? Is there going to be more insight into how they're spending it? What would you do? Right. And then he answered pretty well. He said, you know, I think, you know, secondary education is really important. I think it should be included with tax. Right. And then I asked the conservative, I said, well, other than taxing for better, uh, you know, as secondary education, what would be something the conservative party would do? Right. So it was a really fluid conversation. Yeah. Until I asked the NDP guy a question. (laughs) Literally (coughs) asked everybody a question. Got to this guy. I can't remember his name. Bald fuck. You can look it up in St. Albert writings. I, I, I fucking hate this guy because he ruined it. I asked him a question about like, okay, well, like what kind of uh, what kind of people influenced your choice to become a politician, right? And he went on this huge fucking filibuster about um, uh, Tommy Douglas. Oh God, okay, shut it down. Like, took up the rest of the time. Everyone else was standing there. I was like, sir, your two minutes is up. You just talk over me. Uh, so I literally dropped the mic and said, if you're gonna make a mockery of this, I'm gonna leave. Uh, and I did that, and then uh, you know, it, actually, the conservative and the liberal person left when I dropped the mic, and he just kept ranting on about Tommy Douglas like a fucking asshole. And uh, yeah, I, I left, and then you know, I came back later, and everybody was kind of packing up, and then Peter Johnson pulled me aside. He said, "Hey," and he's the English guy; he's got an English accent. <coughs> he's like, "Hey, would you like to help me out of my campaign with a little bit of management?" Right? I said, "Sure." Uh, he's like, make me a Facebook page. So yeah. I, was like, I can do that in a, like 20 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. threw together a Facebook page. He paid me like 500 and something dollars for it. And then uh, I met Elizabeth <laughs> May. 507? Yeah, 500 and something. I don't know. Oh, 500 I said plus 507. Tax. I was like, no. what a 
fucking weirdly <laughs> it was $500 for the page $7 for the extra yeah. um, <laughs> that's a very specific number yeah. I've got very specific needs <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway uh, so uh, yeah he, uh, he, he like after I did the Facebook page I was like honestly man I, I don't know how to manage a political guy like you can pay me for the Facebook page I'll give you admin privilege to it but like I'm not going to be the guy that's going to find you places to speak and all that shit. So like he he paid me everything was good amicable. Uh, but I got to meet Elizabeth May and that's where I met this chick that did the one uh, percent uh, uh, you know Occupy we movement. Oh, thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like a few months later, like I don't know, like h- half a year later, she texts me up and say, "Hey, you want to like join me in this Occupy thing? We're like actually we're all camping downtown, right?" Nice. So I was like I was all set. I was like I'm going to camp a night in the fucking you know, downtown Edmonton and I'm going to say fuck the world and all this shit. So uh, I took the uh, LRT down, texted my parents saying I'm not going to be home tonight. And then literally like we sat in on this meeting and they were all talking about how there's like been a lice outbreak in this camp area where they're all camping. I literally stood up and I was like, you guys have a great riot. Yeah. (laughs) Went home, burned my clothes. And then, yeah, that was it. Oh man. That was my rebellious. That's fun. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like as much as I know that a lot of people, like the people who like, I'll get really fired up about anything. But if lice come into it, I just give up, man. That's 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 the line for me. Yeah, see, I, this is where we need a video because Adam and I really just don't have that fucking problem. Well, you got beards. <laughs> I don't know. Does yeah, that work? the beard. I don't know. Is beard lice actually? A thing? I I know a chick that went to a uh, male stripper thing and got crabs in her eye because the guy was doing the helicopter and flung crabs from his dick to her eyeball. Oh, what the crabs fuck? in her eyelashes? What the yeah. fuck? And her eyebrows. This yeah. is on an educational topic. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is educational, folks. This is what oh, you have my to deal goodness. with in the workforce sometimes. Yeah. This is. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, she, wear, she had to wear an eye patch for like a week. It was gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Anyway, back to education. Um, well, we can kind of probably summarize it here. I mean, yeah. we, I think at the end of the day, we, when we, when we, when we, once you realize that there's another approach there that yeah. allows teachers the freedom and then also justifies them getting paid more, would it, would engage kids better and make better people? It just, it overall just Would, makes yeah. sense, and it doesn't cost exactly. a fucking penny. It exactly. doesn't cost a penny. Would right? you go to a mechanic and ask the mechanic's accountant how to fix your car, yeah. or the fucking mechanic? Would you go to a restaurant and ask the accountant to make you a meal, or the chef? Exactly. You know, let the teachers do what you fucking pay them to do. Don't like, they'll don't tie decide them down the with facts. These tasks. You tell them the broad the broad goal, the idea that guides it, yes. and then you give them some core things that you have to touch on. Right? Like there are like we t- we touched on the indigenous stuff. You're gonna have to have some core stuff, and oh, then yeah. they have a they have a textbook you don't have to buy, you don't have to use, but that most teachers in BC will use it for the indigenous aspect because they just don't know reference material for yeah. it. But that's the nice thing is the textbook is something that they can buy that goes okay. Once you're teaching this pa- aspect, here's some things you can reference. But you can also go and learn about it in the community and all of that. You have your own yeah. idea of how to approach it, <clears throat> so it empowers the teachers to to again learn and and grow with the kids and yep. then the kids feel more involved and listen to and you don't get kids like me and ev who probably resented most of our time in school uh the bulk of it yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, up until yeah, about yeah. uh up until about high school i really really hated education yeah uh and like a lot of that was because i was bullied a lot in junior high in that yep. and uh that really sucked because yep. like my parents my my parents worked all the time and uh, i had no friends all through junior high and high school uh, junior high, high school turned around. 
But uh, yeah, it really sucked. And, you know, when you have that teacher that could then, I think a teacher at that point, if they actually cared about what I liked and yeah. implemented it into what I was getting taught, I probably would have been a far better student. Yeah. And uh, I know when I was getting educated, uh, you know, back then, they didn't do that. It was you sit in a row, you get your assignments, you get your tests, you get your homework. Yeah. And if you fall behind, it's your fault. Yeah, and that's brutal, right? Like, imagine... Is it, though? I mean, because that's how the world works, man. You get an assignment, you can't complete it, you don't get paid. Fair enough, but that's not. Yeah. Gonna, but that's probably not how things are going to be going going forward it's a lot of true. the time. It's but, very true. But, but also, I think that the, the idea of getting an assignment... They want you to do it in a very specific way, mm-hmm. and like that was one thing that like so I like I said I'm I've always been good at like uh, lots of forms of math, and I could do it in my head. What I was mm-hmm. not good at was showing Show how I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Same problem I here, yeah. and so I would sit Same next to the problem. teacher and I would do it in front of her so that she could see that I could just do it in my head. Yeah, but she would still only give me half marks most of the time, depending on the teacher I had, right? Yeah. And that again is that kind of personalized approach, right? But if she said, if she if she gave me like okay. Well, some people can't do it in their head, but they're saying that they can. How do I know whether or not you're telling the truth? If it came down to integrity, yeah, and she was teaching me about integrity there, yeah. that would have been a valuable lesson for me to learn that I need to know how to justify my answers. Yes. Right? And I think that there that's an opportunity that was taken from her because there was 27 other kids in this class and we all had a test yeah. we had to take. True. I think that, again, we, we if you empower the teachers, you are going to create kid uh, empower the teachers to take their own creative approach and engage with the kids right what do you guys what interests you guys like what are you guys learning about right now what is something that you guys like are are genuinely cool like uh, interested in and i'll tailor my lessons to what you guys are interested in and i'll try and expand what you're interested in from there like it's just i think that's such a beautiful idea that's what all these algorithms are designed to do it's basically allowing the human element to do the exact same thing well and it's also it's like i I, just Funny story, I guess. Uh, I remember when I was in grade 12 physics, and uh, I had already learned calculus at that point, and I was taking physics 30, and a lot of the equations are based on calculus. Yeah. So rather than showing my work with the equation, I just used calculus, got the answer. You know, it's a lot quicker to do it that way, too. Yeah. Uh, They don't tell you that, because if you don't memorize the formula and you know how to use calculus, you can still get the answer, right? So I didn't memorize the formulas. I just used calculus to get these answers in this test. And uh, I remember I had this awesome teacher, Mr. Regimbald. He got my test after, uh, pulled me aside. He's like, look, Ev, it's not that this is wrong. It's that I don't really know how to grade this because I don't know calculus. Like last time I took it, it was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. So I got to give this to the head of the math department to see if you did this right to verify yeah. the work. Right. Yeah. I'm not trying to say don't do this. I'm not yeah, saying because yeah. when you go to engineering, this is how they're going to teach you to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. But yeah. like you're just you're supposed to use these formulas. Right. And I was like, well, why? I mean, if I'm going to have to use this in engineering, you know, when I go to university, why do I need these formulas at all? I mean, it's just. But we almost feel lucky that when we have these good teachers, because it's like the circumstances had to align perfectly that he had the time that day to tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, and that's, that's kind of the thing that. No, he was a hell of a Everybody had that, that kind of teacher every year. Yeah. Imagine what they would learn. Imagine the shit that we could have learned. Right. And then. One of the reasons we have a hard time finding solutions to things now is, again, because we're teaching facts as opposed to how to to think. And if if you want that creativity... I think a big part of this is, too, we're also 
educating people that don't want to be educated, and we're teaching to the lowest common denominator too. I think that I, comes down to, to the definition of education again. I think everybody yeah. likes to learn things. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't necessarily like to learn the same way or the same things, and yeah. that's that creative approach. Like fair, if you only have fair. a handful of core things you have to learn, yeah. like you should know about how Canada formed. Yes. But we can tell it in a story like a book or a movie Hudson's would do. Hudson's Bay. Yeah, the Hudson's Bay yeah. Company. You could tell it to someone who's who's a YouTuber. You could actually tell it through yeah. trade, right? Yeah. Follow the trade in line and like, oh, you're, you're a post. You're a trading post right now for this product, yeah. right? Which is actually expanding the amount of people who can then use this product based off of the views. And, and like, yeah. the, there, there are ways of doing these the, this, this tangential learning where you can actually draw it from their experience. You know what's hilarious, though? Like, the, the, the whole economy of Canada for like a solid 200 years was just to create like fur hat drip for the, <laughs> for the fucking English, you know? Like one day someone came back from the New World, you know, and they had that like sick Mercury hat, you know, it's yeah. just fucking, just fucking felted and he's just like strutting down the street. I could just imagine it. All these like, all these like posh Victorians are just like, oh my, yeah, I say, what's that? A, bla- a black bear jacket yeah, and a, some and shit and like a that. beaver pelt hat or something yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then just like a whole economy forms out of that. It's just, it makes me, it makes me smile. Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really quite cool. Yeah. I think that's also the coolest part about it is like, if we were taught that about how Canada was formed, about how trading posts existed, yeah. and then as much as it might not be the best, the aspect of it, like that leads into your conversations, your tougher ones about railroads. Why were they needed? Because we were mm-hmm. transporting goods along these posts. Yep. Now, how we got that need, horrible. But Very it, true. but definitely the rail, why was there a race to build a railroad? Mm-hmm. Because we needed to transport more goods from these trading posts. And again, I think, again, like one of the reasons we have these conversations is because we feel like these conversations are being had within a vacuum and they're mm-hmm. not being, they're ha- being had without, without the ability to actually engage in the material and critically analyze Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's, that's so fundamental to what we're talking about because- yeah. We're basically rebelling against the current status quo. Exactly. Right now. I think like, in a lot, lot of ways, of education, are. what we're trying to say is education can't be black and white. Yeah. You need to educate in order to look at the black and the white and see that there is that gray area. Yeah. You know, and understand that, yeah, we built a railroad, but who built it? Yeah, mostly the Chinese. Right. And the Japanese. What did we do to yeah. them? We enslaved them and paid yeah. them one third. Not we also nice. then, then charged them head taxes, and then we Im- but implemented we, we the liked opium, opium and they didn't. And yeah. how do we separate that? Like, so we uh, then imprisoned them or exactly. shut down their opium farms. We targeted culture. We taught the United States how to target culture and, and imprison black people yep. uh, for the same for the same ideals. It's the the you can but you can teach all of that in a really cool history lesson. Yeah, and I think that's right when you have facts you have to hit that aren't relevant to that story point yeah. like imagine you're writing a story a, a movie or a book or anything and somebody says like ad lib style you have to add all of these things like i watch a lot of cooking shows my favorite mm-hmm. one is tournament of champions and they have this wheel and the wheel gives you a protein it gives you a, a produce a thing you have to use an area around the world like so an, a cooking utensil you have okay, to use yeah. and then like a uh, a topic almost area so like north african or your western european so what this read out like so like you might have two chefs are battling and they might have 40 minutes to do a a dish that uses ground lamb a spetzla uh maker they have to use broccolini 
and it has to be done in uh, <coughs> South American style, oh, right? South like, American. Well, you could throw whatever, mm. right? Because it's a randomizer. Yeah. So, but cool. but that the fact that they have to hit those is the uh, challenge, we're right? Do a uh, ground lamb taco bowls. But he, but here's the thing: if you ask either the reason why this this is so topical, I think to the Spetzel <laughs> on top. But I think here's here's why I think it's it's so perfect to it's such a perfect uh, metaphor is those guys are are per, amazing chefs. That's yeah. what, the reason they're on yeah, the show yeah. is they're amazing I, chefs, I, right? I exactly. Where the you're going whole with purpose 100%. of the cha- why it's a challenge is because there are fucked up points they have to hit that wouldn't normally go yeah. together in a story that they would normally they would want to weave. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you give facts to a teacher that aren't part of the story or the narrative they want to teach to have the kids learn and engage. You're now hampering them and making it harder. You're creating a challenge to them, and they don't have a hundred thousand dollar prize and a cool WWE style belt that they get at the end, like these guys do. Yeah, true, they get nothing. Yeah. They get shit on by parents a lot of the time, and the government, and yeah. usually the the change in government, and yeah, you know, uh, teachers are a bargaining chip, just like nurses. It's, it's it's unfortunate, and that's the other reason why I think privatizing might be good because we'd basically allow these teachers to become you know, uh, actually worth what they should be worth. But, you know, it could also go the other way and we could end up like the States, which isn't obviously what we want. Well, if we privatize but, uh, before we remove the religious aspect of it, then what you're going to get is nothing but private, privately run Yeah, and that's, that's what I want to avoid. Stuff. I think education and religion should be completely separate things. If you want to learn about your God in your time, do it on Sunday. You don't can do even it, do it. In don't the, do it on a publicly funded school, please. Thank I think, you. I think do it in the Just way of the coolest history, right? Like, I no. think if you teach it in the way of yeah, history, <laughs> where you go like, yeah, oh, so for sure, that then, you, then you can go by time, right? Start 10,000 years ago, which is the oldest known uh, religion mm-hmm. that we know of, and, and teach like a- astro-Zoranism, yeah. and then, uh, you know... And Nordic religions, and Greek all the Nordics, religions, all of Egyptian religions. Yeah, and then um, and you go by time, and yeah, so you're actually yeah. going on a time loop, and then you can see all the connections in real time, yeah. which would upset a lot of the religious people. Well, it would also show you that religion's it. not really... Well, it would show you the Marxist view of it, too. Religion is the opiate of the masses. Yeah. It's used to control people. It's not used to, you know, be a value marker. Well, some, but then if you look at some forms of Buddhism, then you've got the other form of religion, right? Which is a lot more intrinsic, intrinsic (laughs) self-development. And so you actually give them this ability to analyze, compare, and again, be critical about things and maybe choose. And, yeah, and yeah. maybe choose. Some yeah. people they'll still find solace in it, and that's fine, right? Yeah, but some people but like religion, but solace like, in ignorance is not acceptable. Bingo. But solace, uh, solace in something that you believe, dis, uh, it, it, despite knowing its downfalls, that's that that I have no problem with, mm-hmm. right? And I think that again, just empowering people to teach things i don't think religion should be taken out i think it should just be taught in a form of history lesson yes right i think that would be the beautiful way of doing it and then talking about like like talking about why that they were influenced to do these things yeah and i i I hate it when you talk to you know certain i hate to say it but it's generally the the catholic christian group and um there's this there's this these family members on my wife's side um i'll keep them anonymous but uh they're quite religious and, you know, I got into a discussion with one of them about the, uh, you know, the five pillars of Islam. Yep. 
just kind of asked them, you know, like they went on and on and on yeah. about their religion. And they're like, oh, you weren't religiously uprose because I just dug into my food after <laughs> we just sat down. I just started eating I'm like <gasps> yeah. we have to do a prayer. And then like they they just started. I got this whole lecture from this. One You'd be like, day. oh, my God, actually, sorry. Right? Hang on a second. I have to go and sacrifice a goat. That's exactly <laughs> the way I went. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I just started, you know, she just berated me with her religion for like 20 minutes. And then I just asked a question. I said, hey, it sounds like you know a lot about your religion. Congratulations. But, you know, have you ever looked at, uh, you know, the Quran or any other religions? And she looked at me like I was like fucking nuts. Like yeah. lobsters crawling on my eyes. How dare you bring up the Quran in this household? But no, she was like, oh, no, of course not. And I said, well, then how, you know, how can you only compare the world to one point of view? You know, like you got to consider there's billions of people on this planet that the majority of them don't agree with how you, yeah. you know, but then it's like, oh, it's their house, it's their rules. But oh, yeah. like at the end of the day, yeah, sure, go ahead, sure. throw that at me. That, but like, that's not healthy. But I think it's funny because they don't learn everything else. Like, there's this TikTok fad exactly going down right saying. now, and yeah. uh, so what they do is they go, it's a put a finger down challenge. So you don't get to know what you're doing, what, what the result is. So basically you hold 10 fingers up and you put nice. a finger down every time one of them matches something, right? Okay. And so uh, I'll do it right now with you because I just pulled it up. Sure. So, oh. so put, a, put a finger down if you think that one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Reason, yeah, sure. Uh, put a finger down if you think the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Sorry? So ju- justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions, as in like oh, laws and institutions no. aren't always saying what's just. Well, also they also stop justice from just taking over and saying, "Well, we just got to kill this guy." Like I don't really agree with frontier justice, and that's okay. pretty much what I'm hearing there. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, uh, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. One's body is inviolable. Invi- inviolable. People can't violate your body without your own will. Sure. Yeah, I'll uh, agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Um, so basically, if you're impinging on someone, you're basically giving up your own right to do it as well. Well, you know what? Verbally, like you have the you got the, you know, freedom of speech there. We'll go against that, but like physically, obviously. Oh, it says including the re- the freedom to offend. It says including the freedom See, to offend. I, I Can you reread like, that? The like, freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. So basically... If I if I start attacking you, you can attack me back. Yeah, yeah oh, I agree yeah, with that. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. These but, are these are these are worded like this is, yeah, sorry this is like, these are worded like, in a religious fashion AP, for a reason. This is an AP exam. Kinda. 100%. I gotta reread this a few okay. times. Kind of deal. I think I got three fingers down. Yeah, yeah. We're tied. You and I. Yeah. So belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Sure. Mm. Mm. When you make a mistake, you should try and make up for it. It depends. Yeah. Because sometimes Karma's good. mistakes aren't purposefully made. No, but that that's why that's but, the whole purpose is acknowledge it and then try and make make good if you do make a mistake. Yeah. Fair Not enough. get berated for making mistakes. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I have five fingers left. Um, do I have six or five? So that's up to you. <laughs> this, this is the this is the last one. Every, every yeah. tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. 
So the idea uh, that there is an underlying justice over the spoken word. No, it doesn't I, matter. Uh, so you put five, five I, fingers I, down? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd say five, yeah. And then you put five fingers down, too? I don't know. That I wouldn't time. agree with that. Yeah, because I don't know. That's fair. Five, four. You're five for seven for the Church of Satanic Temple. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Isn't hmm. that kind of beautiful? Because like, they're not actually satanic, right? Uh, which is like they don't believe in Satan in the literal sense, which no. is kind of funny. But that's something you wouldn't learn anywhere else because, uh, of course, we uh, we don't teach about it. Oh yeah, of course not. So I think the 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 overall arching view right now is just like let's let's empower our teachers. This curriculum, whether you agree with the facts in it or not, there's too many fucking facts, which forces a test approach. And that's not something that's going to benefit our kids. That's not going to benefit future generations. That's not going to benefit our economy. That's not going to benefit Alberta or Albertans. Mm -hmm. And we need to change that. And if we change it to the way that BC has been doing it, that that would be a a noble approach to empower teachers. It would be saying, hey, I stand with you, teachers. We believe that you came into this with something to give other than just the ability to hand out tests. Yeah, I think that what bothers me is why why do BC teachers make the littlest amount of money out of all the other? Well, and that's the political aspect of it all, right? And that's uh, shitty to hear. Because all you're going to get thrown at you, especially by our government, that's so smart. Yeah. Oh, you want to be like BC? Sure, we'll pay our teachers like they do in BC. Yeah, the teacher pay in BC is garbage, but the the and and that's changing because there's a lot of pressure from they uh, should strike and i don't know why they don't i really from from yeah but you you gotta understand how like kenny and his posse work you know they're but here's so well so tunnel vision well here's here's one of the interesting reasons for that Mm -hmm. that i think is at play i don't know for sure but one of the things i think that that that's at play there is as a teacher you're happier in that system you're less likely to rebel because the system itself is making you enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. So you're actually, you're not getting parents yelling at you as much because your kid, the kids are more engaged and you're more engaged because the kids are more engaged and you have less, less hair pulling out moments mm-hmm. of trying to, to sure. run around and force these things. And you're actually learning and do d- discussing topics you want to do. So at the end of the day, yeah. the paycheck is more a paycheck and it's not representative of what you're doing. Here's the other right? thing. Like if you hate what you're doing, you're, the money's the most important aspect. Yeah. yeah. But if you don't hate what you're doing, the money's still important, but it's less so. Yes. Here's the other thing. Why the fuck are we doing this now? Like, why are we reforming this now of all times? Yeah. You know, why are we pulling up these examples of, you know, uh, anti-oil uh, test questions and, you know, anti, uh, you know, Canadian test questions and all this other shit when we have a pandemic going on. Yeah. Why the fuck is our provincial government focusing on yeah, like this? The schools might shut down again. So what? Well, that's exactly thing. it. Like, why are we focusing on something that we could easily open up a couple of years down the road? Yeah. Yeah. No one's complaining about the current curriculum except oh. the UCP. And we have a fucking pandemic going on. Yeah. We're the last where we have the highest amount of uh, drunk driver accidents in Canada. Uh, our, our province, um, wow. uh, our, our police forces, uh, down in Calgary, most shootings, yeah. uh, you know, we've got, um, uh, communities of people that, uh, up North don't have water. And if they have water, it can light on fire. Uh, you know, there's so many other issues we could be tackling right now yeah. rather than igniting, you know, the teachers against yeah. the, the government. Like it doesn't surprise me that Kenny has such a low appreciation 
uh, and and he's polling so low. Yeah. Um, and you know, I guess twenty three percent for people who aren't yeah. sure. Twenty three percent approval rating right now is the lowest in the country. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think you can compare. Uh, that's probably the lowest in North America. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. If you put that against, I don't know where where Ted Cruz is, but I would. I, yeah, I, it's, it is enough. I mean, like you know, sure. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not as bad as Kenny. I don't think. Uh, I mean, like yeah. He did the same thing. He took a trip to fucking Mexico and whatever, yeah. and half his caucus did, and they came back, and they're like, whoops. Meanwhile, like, if I want to go down to Tampa, Florida, and buy some cigars at a reasonable yeah. price without syntax. Watch the Oh, yeah. Watch, watch the, golf the, the fuck out. Government's coming for you. Yeah. You got to you get, uh, you, uh, get this. The government has the ability at the border to literally put you in holding for two weeks. Yeah, if you come back and you test positive on land, yeah, I thought they were uh, there was a way of uh, getting it because I heard American cab drivers were getting paid uh, ri- like a ridiculous amount of money to drive uh, Canadians over the border so they can skip the mandatory hotel. Uh, that might be a loophole, but yeah, uh, from what I'm be. understanding is uh, if they stop you at the border, like if you get on a plane uh, back to Canada or you're driving back to Canada or whatever the fuck, and they stop you and you test positive for COVID. You're not going home. You're going somewhere for two weeks that the yeah. government decides, right? So, like, literally, the government's now uh, has well, the it, ability to imprison its citizens. But it, it, it's uh. it's you, you got to put up at a hotel. Like, it's, it's not. It's like, not a hotel. Uh, not always. That's what I heard. Oh. I didn't hear. I thought it was, it was like a hotel. Like, yeah. I, no, I have heard. Holding cellar. I've heard that there's there's literal holding cells. Okay, in some, well, this, some is, this is something that we got to we yeah. got to check out. Then. Yeah, I definitely don't know that. Um, but in terms of education, I think we've kind of agreed that. Like we need to empower the teachers. It's not going to yes. cost any more. It's going to make everything improved. Not, not well, it's not. It's not going to be a miracle pill. Tests, yeah, really. but stop teaching the tests, right? But like that's the beautiful ideas. thing is the fact that they have a mandate in grade seven to get rid of multiple choice. Mm-hmm. Talk about like how is that? How, how beautiful is that? Because they've already achieved what they wanted to in critical thinking that yeah. people can do the fill in yeah. the blanks and stuff themselves. Well, here's and they the can thing. be creative I mean, with it. Go yeah. back in history, like all the all the famous philosophers, uh, Socrates, uh, Socrates, sorry, uh, Aristotle, Plato, like none of these guys had a test 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 education. No. Nope. It was conversational it was ideological. Well, that's the Socratic and it was well rounded. Right? It's all conversational. That's exactly it. Right? But it's uh, and it's supposed to make it so that you can you're ready and actively engaged at all times. Like the Socratic method is how law school is taught. Right. Which is like uh, you're you get called upon in class to answer questions. uh, And so you have to know the content clearly. Exactly. But you get that content through spoken word and creative, uh, creative uh, expression and understanding of it. Right. Like that's that's what I liked about it was how you can learn uh theories within theories so that you mm-hmm. can that if you get i find if i get a nugget of something i can expand on it pretty be, pretty well mm-hmm. but sometimes it's it's hard to get that grasp on that nugget right <clears throat> and and it's like oh like like coding seems impossible to me but i'm i'm sure if i had somebody who was really good at like that middle manager type uh who who is good at coding but also good at teaching coding mm-hmm. i bet i could learn it real quick yeah. Right. I'm just so intimidated by it that I can't reduce it to its core function to learn it because I just haven't gotten to that point. But I think that that's one of the things that teachers are really good at and mm-hmm. that we're, we're, we're preventing them from actually flexing on their skills. I think coding for you would be 
like just just based on like how like how you like to argue and everything else and how the gray area like coding is definitely one of those black and white fields like yeah you need the right slash else if fuck you right like it's uh yeah it's I definitely frustrated uh, real fast it's definitely a very like pattern based um memorization based uh you know, i'm more art. i'm more intoxicated yeah. by the idea of power that can come if you can learn to code that's the thing that's the all i really freedom want that comes out of that i want to be like, like i want to be the... the problem like we're, we're moving more towards society where you know you almost need to pass a true and false barrier uh in order to um you know get the education so you can then take it to a creative uh expose you know you need to almost pass those multiple choice tests and all that test 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 in order to actually apply what you've learned you know creatively you know like creatively sorry well i think that the the i'm gonna do one more tie-in for the education thing that i think pisses me off more than anything and that's the fact that one of the reasons that you hear like so 58.6 percent again for canada Mm -hmm. of canadian people with post-secondary degrees one of the largest complaints you hear in Canada, more than you hear anywhere else on the planet, because we're number one in the world for that uh, post-secondary graduation rate, uh, is is the fact that it's so obnoxious that there's a trap that employers need education and experience when they don't have one or the other. <laughs> they don't necessarily have both, right? No. And the only reason that they can ask for experience is because the education is clearly insufficient. That's right. It's not providing you the actual value. I have nine years post-secondary. I have two years in psychology. I have a four-year business degree and I have a three-year law degree. I'm working at the same job now that I worked at when I was 18. Mm. I, I've applied at over 230 places in Alberta. I got two interviews. Two. Jesus Christ. Two interviews. That's insane. Yeah. And a lot of that is algorithm based for hiring. There's not a lot of personal aspect. Man, the funny but I've also had like my yeah. I've had my resume professionally developed by three different companies. Yeah. So I like I don't know what else to do. And for me it's hilarious because I went the other way. I, I, I went for the work experience and I have never failed an interview. Yeah. I've never Well, I've gotten every job I've interviewed. And I, the, the funny thing is, like I think that the experience <laughs> that I had from the workforce outweighed any education that i could have got nine times because it also move. introduced you to the next person who's going to hire you which well, is not what we got also in that but you know I, I think a lot of it was the fact that i think more employers are comfortable if you know the industry you're going into and you have some experience in it and luckily for me the car industry is one of those industries that anybody can get into but yeah. not a lot of people are successful with yeah. yeah so if you can make it five years in the car industry you can literally apply to any rep job, any management job, any finance job, any, you know, upper management, you know, as long as your numbers hold. And yep. the, the thing is with the industry I'm in, though, it's a very small world. Yeah. Like you fuck up once, everyone's going to know about it. Yeah. You know, like you got to be careful with that. But, uh, you know, as long as you kept your name good and you did what you were paid to, you know, that's kind of kind of the benefit and i always feel bad like especially for you man like when uh when you came to to work with me at kia yeah uh, i was like holy shit like uh this guy's got a law degree in all this and i remember talking to the general manager there at the time and he was like this guy's kind of a liability like uh yep. you know uh i don't i don't really know how it's gonna work out but after getting to know you i was like yeah he, like you know how to sell you know and that's 
That, that's, that's that's what made me a weapon in law school. That's exactly like, it. But, but only to be that one percent chance of getting in there, and that's what wasn't worth chasing it for me. Because I hear you. Like, uh, so we did we did two mock trials in in one of them. I was why wouldn't in, you Why wouldn't you go jag though? Out of curiosity, like join the military because you'd be a trial lawyer like that. Uh, I have I have no military background or 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 like anything within my family because well, I like, come largely from like you already have a post secondary degree, right? So yeah. like if you really wanted to be a trial lawyer, I know that the military law is a little different than it's a lot different. <laughs> it's I, jurisdictionally, it's I, so fucking weird. I imagine you'd probably have to do a few courses at RMC to yeah. kind of and know, they get don't like done. my type of people who are not fond of authority. So well, that's that's one of the things that I am not an also true. So yeah. I don't think I don't know that that would benefit me, but like I think that. So like in the in the second year, I had I had a mock trial against a uh, guy in third year, and the way we did it was typically defense gets full discovery. So discovery is where the other the your opposition gives you all of the things that they're going to rely and on. What were for you their uh, What were you discussing? Like a murder? Uh, like it a... was a uh, drunk driving case. Okay, and so he was the prosecutor, I was the defense. Gotcha. But but in the the way we do it in the mock setup is we. Um, we actually, both the Crown and the defense, get full discovery. So he knew all the cases I was using. I knew all the cases he was using. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. But defense gets to go first. So I get to lay the way. And so what I did was I did what every good salesman did. Sandbagged what he was going to say. I Yeah, exactly. Right before he said it. I didn't <laughs> even, I didn't mention a single case on my list. We each had to bring yeah. up five cases and reference them. So all I did was for the three days after I got his discovery, I say I went, I sifted through every single case he gave yep. me. I found every weakness and I demolished it in less than five minutes. I destroyed his argument. He Then he had to go up and he says, I... I don't, I don't know. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> that was a third year. I dismantled that's him. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's, but that's the thing is like, that's a huge advantage of to know how to sell and whatnot. But yeah, like most employers see me as a liability, mostly because they're not doing everything by the book and they think I'm going to call that out. And I, and in fairness, I will call some of it out, right? That is just my yeah. natural personality. And it's not just the liability aspect too, right? Like, when you see like a resume like yours and you know you're applying for you know anything yeah you know compared to a guy like me with just work experience I, i'm gonna look at that and that and say okay well this guy's got more time in the field i can probably pay him less yeah and that's the other problem with education is if you stock up on it like guys that went i, I have a whole bunch of friends that like no jobs in engineering after they graduated you know i was three or four years into selling cars at that point yeah making good money yeah i was a used car manager i think at that point and then uh yeah like uh they all graduated no jobs for engineers so they went back and got their masters yeah and now like the, you you expect more money because you have a masters and there's still no jobs yeah and, and that's, it's, just, it's, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate yeah. it's because education is inflated, right? Exactly like when it. 60% of the population has a degree, the degree is not valuable anymore. Mm-hmm. So then you need an advanced degree. And I think we should table it there and actually talk about employment and stuff next time. Cause I think sure. that that might be a cool yeah. way for us. Yeah, like, cause we have very one. different. Yeah. It's been a long one. And, you know, and I, you I, and I, I have very different backgrounds in that. I think it'd be really cool to talk about. I don't mind that so much. Uh, cause there's just so much we can like education is the route to, the economy as a whole yeah so it really ties to jobs it really ties to resumes it really ties to everything that we've really talked about today. well and taxation that and we've already talked exactly about and you know like, like taxes racism like this all ties into education yeah and i think that you know i'm fine with this going a couple hours because there's just so many talking points but 
you know, I think it's it would be good to kind of cut it off here. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, um, I, I love all the teachers out there putting up with this UCP change. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, this isn't really the time for those changes to be being made. Uh, I think there's a lot of other things we could be focusing on as a province. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say I love my wife and what she does for work. And uh, I imagine she's uh, made a lot of kids... Um, you know, uh, that much better of a student and giving them that, those opportunities that, you know, they might've not seen. And, uh, that's yeah. what I love her for, you know, uh, that's what teachers should do. Yeah. You know, they should that's really, nice, they should really, uh, open up those doors that might not be visible even to those children. Yeah. And, uh, I, I see in a lot of ways she does that every day and she really wears her heart on her sleeve. And, you know, uh, I, I just want to say, um, not in a religious way, but like in a, in a kind of cool way, like bless all the teachers out there. Yeah. Well, you know, she, like, like yeah. she deserves that, yeah. the opportunity to do that more often and a government that supports her in doing it. Amen. In I think that's the way. biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. And thanks to my sister. Love you, Jess. And, uh, my sister-in-law Nod as well. So yeah. And uh, thanks to you listeners out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep it up. Well, yeah. that's episode eight folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. I think, uh, Mystery. I, I'd like oh. to talk about employment. Yeah. But uh, part of me also wants to talk about hemp because we, you've brought this up a few times and I've done a bit of research and Ooh. I kind of want to dive into that shit. Let's do it. Right. Let's see what yeah. we can do. All right. All right. Talk Have to you later. Weekend, Have a great weekend. <laughs>